Welcome, gamers, to the first ever biannual, or this one, in this case, it's the biannual episode of Base Arcade Pause Mini, where myself, Ryan Eliopoulos, and Sparks Woody, two of my bros from the Fick Nerd Podcast, sit down and talk about what we played over the year, what we've been, what the, some of the news we didn't talk about on the Fick Nerd Podcast, basically just us um, just talking about what's been going on this year in games. So just a quick little recap. Um, the next time we do this, we're going to try, honest to God, try make this a quarterly thing. Mm-hmm. The reason why we decided to do it this time where we're covering pretty much from January to now is because events in our lives happened um, and then schedules kept going around and we unfortunately weren't able to sit down and record this thing. So we had to push it back. But now we are finally here. We're finally recording. Ryan Sparks, my bros. How are you doing today? I am swell. I'm here to talk about games, 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 games on Van Nuys. Yeah, I've been I've been keeping notes of a list all year of, of what have I played since January. So I'm ready. I'm ready yeah, to discuss. Actually, it's actually longer than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually also have a bit of a list as well. But I want to say the brain, the person who this brainchild is actually yours, Sparks. And I have to say, this is a really good idea. So thank you for coming up with this. Yeah, of course. I, I feel like um there's just not enough time or room in the fake nerd podcast for us to discuss the video games that we play that we want to really uh, indulge. Obviously, we've made room where we can to talk about Elden Ring and occasionally time for something else. But we want to talk about video games more than we're really allowed to on our on our home show. So uh, we have pause menu right here. It just made sense that, you know, maybe uh, four times a year we should check in and talk about the things we've been playing just so we can have conversations about them. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, especially for the past few since February, really. I'm, uh, my because originally my list of games was like okay it's a decent size list or why my version of decent's about like maybe three or four mm-hmm. but then of course a certain game came out in February <laughs> yeah and I got a certain so you're, console you're, and I got a certain console in February your, your and then list we, your list goes like this Elden Ring Kirby yeah the end pretty much <laughs> it goes Elden Ring Kirby a small smidgen of Fortnite oh, and sure. then. Just, and <laughs> Sure. And then just recently Shredder's Revenge. Right. A little bit. Yeah, that's funny. Um, let's yeah, let's um if you guys don't mind, I'll go ahead and talk about the games I've been playing throughout the year first. Yeah, I um, think uh, I think the kind of the way this is gonna go is like we'll just share things from our list, but if it's something where it's like obviously it's shared on the same list, we'll just all discuss together. Um so yeah, like we, we don't need someone to go through like their games all, all right. at once. Also, uh, yeah, I played half the games you play too as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk you know, let's talk about um the, the multiplayer games, especially a game that Sparks and I have played quite a bit during in the very beginning of the year, which was KO City. We've played yeah. quite a bit yeah. of that. It was you, me, and uh, Brandon, uh, another host on the Think Nerd podcast. We were playing KO City a lot, and I remember part of me wants to say that when we first saw the trailer for KO City, we were kind of eh on it, but then we it came out. It's a free-to-play game, and we started playing it, and it's a really fun dodgeball party game, really. I never well, thought that. It originally was not free-to-play. Right. It's free to play now. It was free for okay. PlayStation members. They gave it to you uh, for PlayStation right, Plus. Right. That's how, just like Rocket League, uh, that was a game that they gave away for free, which initially gave it a huge boost. Right. And now, now, it it's, now it's free to play. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Chaos Cities. I really like it. I really like the feel of it. I really like engaging with it. I wish. Um, What's Chaos City if nobody's ever played it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have an audience who maybe yeah, doesn't yeah. know what Chaos City is. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's a it's a dodgeball like um, it's not three v three all the time. So uh, it's a dodgeball arena game 
Um, and the whole thing about what, what KO City does so well is just the feeling of catching and throwing dodgeball just like as you would when you played it in school. It just captures that extremely well. Um, I love. I personally love the like. Uh, it's like a retro future look. Um, it's mixing like the fifties diner aesthetic with uh, like Blade Runner futurism. Um, and but not pressing Blade Runner futurism, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I I really really like the feel of it. I wish it had caught more of an audience, even if it's not necessarily like my personal friend's audience. Like, um, I, I know there are other people who were interested in playing it, but like they're, they stop paying for online services because they have a child or, mm-hmm. or things like that. And so that's why like they don't engage with it as much. Uh, and that's just kind of a bummer because like the, the timing of it in my own personal sphere is like, uh, there's people I know who would like to play this, but they just can't. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that like much like what's just happened with fall guys. Cause fall guys, I don't think I've even touched this year. Um, but Fall Guys just went free to play uh, and mm-hmm. finally got to the other consoles. So now it's on Xbox and Switch. And that seems to have created like a big boost mm-hmm. to it, um, which I'm not surprised. Like Fall Guys was begging for a Switch uh, port that whole time. So like perfect I think game. I think Fall Guys is going to get like a big surge again. Um, but I don't know that KO City is going to get that from the free to play uh, new season that it's, it's started. Yeah, uh, I, I played KO City with you guys when it came out and I did drop off of it, uh, not for lack of quality, uh, just uh, in the breadth of games to play, it had the least to do for me. Yeah, uh, it, it's very good at being a dodgeball game. That's it. Right. And, that, yeah. and that's perfectly fine. Uh, I, I play a lot of Fortnite and Fortnite is something that just like caters to every type of experience I want to have as opposed to just I just want to hit someone with the ball, which is kind of the only thing you can do in that game, which is it's really good at it. I do think I want to yeah. when we're done with Chaos City move to Fortnite um, because it's oh, yeah. yeah. such a logical like step. Mm-hmm. But I, I mm-hmm. hear what you're saying, like Chaos City, I think like it's very hard for me to want to play Chaos City unless I have friends playing. Yes, uh, that's that's like the major factor is that like. I rarely touch it unless, but the the thing is like Brandon, who's not uh, here with us, that's, but like Brandon, jam. that's like his, one of his favorite things to play mm-hmm. um, and personally to play with friends. Like, and so the most common like teams I've ever been on are usually Brandon, friend of the podcast, Marty and, and myself. And that's usually the people who are playing chaos city. Yes, Ben, you are also, you also have been with us. So has Marty's uh, uh, partner, Sam been with us, but um, the, that's kind of like the circle. And unless those folks are playing at least one of them, then like I don't touch it because there's, other, as Ryan said, there's plenty of other things I'd rather uh, play with if I'm doing something by myself. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's kind of the burden is like, I like playing Fortnite on my own too at times for breaths. I don't, I can probably play like one or two matches of KO City before I want to move on. Yeah. We'll give KOC credit because they have added more modes. They have added different things. They added superpowers. They yeah. added um, um, dot, um, um, basketball, which I really enjoy, which is where you knock people out. And once they're knocked out, you use them and throw them into a hoop. That's cool. Because they do switch up the gameplay a little bit in KOC, which I do think is a good idea. was not just a good idea, but also <laughs> a good thing to bring more, um, to bring more spice to the game. Yeah. Because, when it first came out, just the standard dodgeball, 3v3 dodgeball games were fun, but you're right. It's not as fun when you're playing with friends. I can, I definitely, when I was playing with Brandon, I think I tried a game by myself and I absolutely hated it because sure. you can't, because I can't really talk to my teammates. I can't really interact with them. So whereas I'm with Brandon, we can like, Hey, I'm over here. Pass me the ball. We can coordinate or we can try something. And when, of course, when we have a full squad and we're all on voice chat, 
it's like, oh man, players beware. But then you, of course, you get those games where players are just so good they smoke your ass no matter what it's definitely uh it works better as a unless you're like a pro gamer uh uh it's a community communicative uh uh, team game yeah uh if you're on your own like you'll just get smoked to me there are two major flaws of chaos city one is that it has been notoriously bad at um punish punishing those who are like uh purposefully screwing over their team or um, causing harassment of some kind. Like, it has been very bad at, like, there is a report button, but it's honestly kind of hard to navigate and use. And even once you do, the punishments never seem to come. Um, This has just been reported in the community, like, this is a problem, that they have not done that very well. And because, like, it's very easy to screw your team, uh, because all you have to do is walk off the ledge. And guess what? Now they're losing. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. it just yeah. that if you want to hurt people, you can hurt people. And like it's very difficult to uh, see that that is that that behavior is being curbed. So when that's yeah. happening, it's really crappy. Um, uh, and that's another reason. You. That's another reason why, like, you want to play just with your friends because, you know, your friends are going to stand by and yeah. not, not screw you over. And like if you get a stranger, many times they can kind of screw you over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are also times where, because especially some of the maps, especially the farm map, the one that's floating up in space that has a bunch of open pits everywhere. Mm -hmm. And even the prison one, there are times where I'm dashing and I think I have like room to go, but then I just dash off the ledge. I don't even realize it. Next thing I know, because of my mistake, I cost a point for my team. And now I feel like a jerk because I didn't mean to do that. That's totally that's totally different, though, from what like I'm talking about, which is the thing where like the shitty thing is when like you've gotten your ass kicked in the first round, you're in the second round, you're getting your ass kicked, but you're still trying. And like, yeah, it it sucks to lose, but like you're trying. And then you have the teammate who's just given up and they're either standing there and letting them beat them or they're just walking off the ledge because they just want it to be over. And it's like, cool, but like, I'm still trying. Yeah. Like, and that's where like. They're just not bringing the hammer down on those players. And that's a big bummer. The other major problem with KO City, and it's, I think it's the worst, and I think it's the reason it's having trouble retaining an audience, it's always been a problem since the start, is that every day it changes the main things you can play that are part of the like community play where you earn your rewards through by getting like KOs and points and everything. So if you have a day where all the matches are only for three player teams and you have four people that want to play. Yeah. You can't play the online games. You can only play custom games where you're not earning things for playing. I remember. And I don't understand that. I don't understand how there isn't always a four player option as well as three player because the game is designed to have four player teams too. how that isn't there daily blows my mind. I'm like, what, what what if we have four friends that want to play today? Oh, sorry. Bad luck. Yeah. Someone has to sit out or not do it. I remember I remember that was the case. Like when we would play like huge problem, like huge problem. That is that is a a baffling design decision that I don't think is working for them, but they haven't changed it, apparently. So, yeah, that's weird. I mean, if they want to keep three, 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 V three, maybe just if you have four players, just maybe do like a rotating schedule or like a rotating roster. But of course, that's probably that's yeah, it's just it's. There's always four player modes. There are more than one four player mode. Why you wouldn't have one available that counts for like earning things in the game every single day, regardless of what else you rotate in the three player rounds. I don't understand. Yeah, I truly just don't get it. I'm like, that makes no sense that uh, do I just have bad luck? I can't play with my fourth friend today Um, because that happened all the time, all the time. Yeah, because I remember I would be look. I think that happened to me a few times. I would look on. I see you, um, Marty and Brandon playing Chaos City, and I'm like, 
who's who's leaving. And I would just like try and be like, hey, let me know who's leaving first. I can hop in. And then sometimes it's like, oh, actually, we're we're all tired. We're gonna only play like one more round. So sorry. And it's no no fault on you guys because yeah, you guys were probably playing a lot longer than I was. And when I showed up, I just got off of work. So, but there should be but there should be an option for you to come in and play yeah. because I get like they didn't make a five team round or six player team round. I think they could have, but they didn't. And so Big like that doesn't battle. so that doesn't exist. Um, like all the things that get bigger than that are like free for alls and things like that. So you can't play with your with your friends on your team. I get it. Go to custom games for that. But you do have multiple four player team modes. I don't I do just so don't understand. Like why make punishing people for having a fourth friend that wants to play. With don't them. even it just doesn't make sense. Don't even add like the fourth the fourth uh, mode if you're never going to if you're not going to use it all the time, especially with most um, of these games that are of this this model, this multiplayer model. Yeah usually like the baseline standard is four yeah so you usually yeah. have three friends you like to squad up with uh mm-hmm. at least so four is a good even number yeah. right so like i don't i just so don't understand that and i think it's a big reason why it hasn't been able to retain its audience because people who want to play with three other friends will get on and the only way they can play is not a way where they're earning the things that the game wants them to try to earn yeah doesn't doesn't work one extra person is is it, it means a lot yeah. yeah yes it really does well, let's move on from Chaos City to another multiplayer game that we still are playing, even though I'm playing a very minimal amount, but I'm going to try and play it more because I want that Darth Vader. Of course so, you do. Yeah. I want that Darth Vader so bad. Fortnite. A, a so game you, that has four player squads all four the time. Squads. Not just four player squads. It has single, solo, uh, single, uh, double, triple, yep. four player squads. They just introduced no build mode this last past mm-hmm. quarter. Best thing they ever did. I honestly oh gosh, think is the it. best mode in my, okay. I tolerated building. I never really built when I first started playing Fortnite. When you guys got me into Fortnite last year, I was not very good builder. I would <clears> only build to do quests and also make sure no one was around me. I The buttons is just like, because with Fortnite, some people are so skilled, and this is not a knock on them. They are truly skilled where they can make these amazing structures in five seconds or less, and they know exactly which buttons to do. Whereas I'm sitting there just looking at this giant tower they're making, and I'm just like, great, I'm fighting a builder. This is not going to go well. Yeah, you, you, nine it's times fun. out of ten, the builder kills me. Because yeah. importantly, like, you know, that was that was part of the premise of the game, like was being yeah. able to build your fort and like important, like the maps were far more barren comparatively there were other things but like not not as much as there is now um when it first started because i remember playing in like its first season i played like a couple matches and it wasn't for me because it relied so much on building and that just wasn't what the way i wanted to play yeah uh we jumped in really um the marvel season and later yeah we and we that's saw, uh, and that's uh, where uh, like oh there's so much more you can do regardless of building yeah. uh, but the building I has always been like well I, that's just not me i'm not going to engage with that mechanic because i no, never what, got good at it yeah yeah the season i first jumped in was the mandalorian season and playing that and seeing all the rewards i can get for the mandalorian like all the whole beskar armor thing I put in the work. Yeah, I made sure I made I got that full shiny Beskar armor for my Mandalorian. And then the more I played, it's like, oh, I get all these other things. But with Fortnite, there are times where I can't like you said, Sparks, um, Fortnite, I can play alone. I could play it by myself. I could still have a fun time. I've even gotten a few solo victory royales. Mm-hmm. But there are some times where I'm playing Fortnite and yeah, I feel like with Fortnite, you really have to be in a mood for it because I can definitely tell you I have a lot more fun playing with you, Ryan, or even that one time where I played with my friend Allie all the way in Australia 
and then when of course when i come home from work it's like i can maybe play a few rounds i play a few rounds but i'm just like eh, i didn't do so well i didn't get my quest done and every time i try to get a quest gun a quest done someone shows up and snipes me from out of nowhere so i'm like i'm just gonna go back to elden ring well i mean any game is better with multiplayer that's just a fact of yeah. video games like you're always gonna have more fun with more people no matter what the game is mm. uh but the thing about fortnite is, is like again it gives you not just an infinite amount of quests you can do to unlock things. There are other modes too. Like we went to a free 30 minute concert a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that the, the amount of cool. things Fortnite has that aren't just shoot the dude is incredible. There's a prop hunt mode. There's an Among Us mode. There's so many types of things. There's like like pure rocket launcher mode. Like every type of variation of multiplayer game now exists in this game. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Fortnite has definitely become, I, I was a total old man. When it came to Fortnite. Oh, no. Well, I think we, I think we all were at one point, yeah. Yeah, this is, I mean, I was, I remember I was at a, my friend's baby shower and another friend of hers with, the, with her 11-year-old son was there and we were talking about video games for the Switch and he goes, oh, yeah, Fortnite's the best game on the Switch. And I was like, but Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey are such better games. I mean, arguably they are, but at the same time, when I finally started playing Fortnite because I was still in the mindset of Fortnite is for that's just a younger generation. That's their thing. I may not like it, but I'm not going to crap on them who, who on those who do like it. And then you got me into it and I tried it again and I found out, oh, my God, this game is a lot better than I first tried it. So, yeah, it helps that um, it is it is very much like IP driven. Like every every week there's a new new uh, character. You know, you got yeah, now now <laughs> you got like your Spider-Man, your Batman's, uh, your Naruto's, your Dune characters, Darth Vader. Darth, like literally uh, any any cool character you'd want is now basically in Fortnite. Um, it so, helps um, that the game I, is really fun to play or they're on the way or yeah. they're on the way. Yeah, like like Indiana Jones is here in a week. Um, the thing about oh, Fortnite is, is like they update that game every single week. They are not lazy about that game. They are always pushing forward to make it better. Uh, they added they added sprinting. They added mantling. Mm -hmm. uh, they're adding a first person mode for people who like playing FPSs. That's coming soon. Uh, like they are making it the like whatever type of game you want it to be, you can do that. And that's it's so fun. That's that's I think what keeps Fortnite going. Like especially for for me is like it's constantly changing evolving. and evolving and like sometimes i don't like those changes and yep. sometimes i love those changes so like it, i just appreciate that like i think if Fortnite were just stagnant i i probably wouldn't be as as latched into it regardless of like the ip stuff it's the fact that like they keep throwing um story quests and different things and and uh, honestly like quests that don't not all that certainly there are some that feel like kind of like you know what this kind of quest is and you've done it before but like a lot of the story driven stuff like they find new ways to make you do things or like new obstacles to put in your way to do it so it never feels like i'm retreading previous like seasons quests right. uh, uh unless it's like the basic stuff yeah and it is fun that like yeah certain quests but like it will lead you to things that you wouldn't have used before like like right now ben you've played recently right there's a roller coaster in the in the new yeah. season and you can I, ride I, I wrote it you can ride an entire yeah, yeah. it's a it's a full fun. ass like five minute roller coaster yeah yeah and it i'm like a long, this it's crazy. a long ass roller coaster and also i, I will not lie um i had enough v bucks saved up because i'm part of the subscription for it yeah. and i went a few months without spending a lot of v bucks i bought spider-man zero war suit because it looks so freaking cool yeah yeah Dude, a, lot no their, a lot of their a lot of their original yeah. costumes are like really well, good they put effort I, I that's, that's the whole thing is like i've i've bought a bunch of characters because they visually look so good like they yeah. look better they look better than some of these ip characters look in other games that are about those ips yeah, like yeah. they look better here, and I I 
that's that's wild I mean, to me just wild some people may call it blasphemy but i also remember i had enough ebooks to buy the vulcan salute and i have that emote set to my stormtrooper that's not hey that's that's the rules on the road baby that's just yeah that's just but, but also you get um you get even spider-man doing like the bat signal emote which i just think is hilarious or even just making uh, my ghostwriter dance to Dua Lipa and Doja Cat, or even sure. better, my personal favorite. Whenever I win, I do Gondam style. Oh yeah, which I, which if you ever heard me play Fortnite, I Gondam style in their graves. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just yeah, it's ever evolving. Um, um, the map is always is always different. Like there's like there's like water geysers that like blast you in the air. Earlier this year is where they flipped the island over for the first time. So yeah. it was a completely new island layout. Yeah. Uh, which is really, and they make, they, they know like what they're playing with. Um, someone pointed out recently that like currently what's going on is Darth Vader's a boss. You can find in the map. He has many spawn zones, but none of them are on sand. Um, like they know <laughs> how yeah. to play to these IP that they have. They know how to do cute Easter eggs and have fun with it. Um, the it, Marvel, the Marvel characters, like as like, I jumped in and I did it too, like with Mar with the Marvel yeah. stuff and like that truly great season. It was a great season. Like if you fuck Galactus, like that was some really cool shit. Um, like the Marvel characters and the DC characters, like they look so good. Yeah. Like, like my, I play as rogue. Uh, from the X-Men and Domino from the X-Men a lot, those those characters have never looked better. Right. She-Hulk has never looked better. Oh, she looks so good. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. I bought um, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Because um, unfortunately I missed out on the Marvel season. I kind of wish I didn't now because I want to get, I wanted Thor. And I, Thor was a part of the Marvel season, right? Yeah. yeah. They had Doctor Doom, Emperor God Doom from Secret Wars, which is like, that's like, yeah. that's that's the most Ryan thing you could have possibly done. I'm like, right. good job, guys, you did it. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed that I wasn't able to play it, but... Not only that, even they have any of the other characters they have. They have Street Fighter characters. Um, when I was looking on the store the other day, they had Sakura and Blanca, and one of their uh, um, alternate suits was Blanca in his suit and sunglasses, which I thought was the coolest stuff. Oh, yeah. But even they put a lot of love and care into those, and not just into the costumes, but also their own emotes. Um, when Chung Li and Ryu came out, I want to say it was last year for Fortnite. Their emotes were the the audio, the animation was taken straight out of Street Fighter 2. Yeah. And I almost dropped money on it to so I can get those characters because they obviously have, yes, it's an IP and yes, it's IP driven. But when I feel like when they do get certain IP, it's like, hey, what can we do? What can we make this? How can we make this fun for our Fortnite players? But also for those who love said IP, I feel like they actually do care I mean, it could just be like, okay, we have this. What? How can we make money off of it? Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure, but the amount of care they do put into it, I do see it, and I appreciate it. The the bounty hunter season where they themed all the characters that they dropped in to be of like a variety of hunter or yeah, bounty yeah. hunter. So you got like the Terminator, Predator, Predator. Yeah, uh, you got um, Mandalorian. Well, Mando, yeah, Mando was a big part of that. Um, you got yeah. a couple of the Fortnite originals were playing to that theme, and then there, there was someone else big. I know we were thinking that Samus was going to come, and they even talked later about, like, that they just didn't get the rights clearances to do it. Um, yeah, they I mean, tried. they got Samus to run in there. You know I would have dropped money for Samus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Fortnite just does a very good job. I, I know a lot of people like I'm personally waiting for another season. That's that uh, for me personally hits the high that the, and maybe it was cause it was, it was my first, but I don't think that was all it was, but the Marvel season, um, right. simply because like 
I, I kind of do want a big IP event that drops in, like whether it's Star Wars themed, DC themed, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, but just like takes over the season and like you get locations everywhere on the map that are related to that IP and you get all these quest story events that are all related to the IP. The whole thing is related to that IP. The whole battle pass is that yeah. IP, which was that Marvel season. And they some haven't people, done anything. Some like people that, yeah. didn't some people didn't like that and some people push back on like the amount of IP that's taking over Fortnite. But my thing is that like Ever since then, like, their audience has increased because of that season. Uh, and the people who don't like the IP-driven stuff, like, you wait one season and then it, it'll be back to, like, Fortnite Originals mixed in and other things. And like, that's... It, it never needs to be dominated by it. So, like, and you're still going to play it. You're still going to play Fortnite. It's not like it's... it's nobody who's complaining yeah. stops playing. And the thing is, like, it is so IP-driven, <clears throat> but what makes Fortnite so... What makes it a billion-dollar industry every year, like, this game makes money hand over fist like it makes so much money it's insane uh is that not just the ip it's the original stuff sells gangbusters too right people there's a divide in the audience and not, not bad divide but people who only care about the original stuff right. and people who care about the ip stuff i'm more of the ip guy because it's like i like playing as ghostwriter i think that's cool i definitely favor um, the ip there right, are there are a few originals that i'm like that original is just oh, too damn absolutely cool. they're never lazy oh. either they're all cool well you might cut out for a hot second so i couldn't hear like the past 10 seconds of what you said oh no oh no uh, uh, the, the audience that's split. Yeah, the audience IP and originals, and you favor IP. Yeah. I also favor IP. There are really cool uh, original ones, too. Um, I, uh, every once in a while, I'll try them out, but like mostly I'll stick to my, my Domino and Rogue. Yeah, me too. I like, st I like sticking with the IP ones, but I do admit there are a few um, original characters. Like there was this anime girl in the, um, in the, hunt, in the Bounty Hunter Yes, um, I know who you're talking there. about. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know who I'm talking about. She looks really cool. There's also a, still quite a few original characters who I really like. Like my the character, the my non IP character that I love playing as is the what I call the Fortnite Zord, which is the robot that's made up of different things. The pink, yeah. the pink bear. bear. This is I. It's it's like a giant mech, and I think that's awesome. Also, kind of gives me hope that maybe they'll put Gundam skins in a Fortnite. I don't know. Ooh, baby, Eventually. everything everything's coming someday. Um, I mean, this is I can. I just love playing if like if, if it if it's like a battle pass a reward or if I have to pay for it like I don't care I'll I'll put in the work slash shell out because I want to play as either the RX seventy eight or the Zaku I don't care that's that's the thing like if it's if it's presented well and like and it always is and it always is like I'll buy it like yeah like it there's like sometimes there's like a disconnect between people of like oh Fortnite like it, it, you, people spend so much money of like. If they give you a good product, then I'll buy it. That's it's a business transaction. Like Fortnite's not my friend. Like I'm not like they give me something cool and I'll buy it to support them. Like that's how it works. Like and they they never let me down. They've right. never I there's barely any costumes where I'm like, oh, that's an ugly version of that. Like never. Like every one of them is like, damn, that's slick. I that's like a that's a comic book costume right there. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, I think I think like I the reason I think I favor like buying IP over original characters is purely because like. I get so many from the battle pass. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I have a whole roster of originals from the battle pass that like, you got to really give me something. I, and there have been a few, there's, um, the Bush Ranger is one of them. Um, the salamander mm, yeah, yeah. character. There's a, there's a handful of like originals where I'm like, I need, I need that guy. That guy's too cool. I like um, the green cool. robot with the chainsaw arm. I like their interpretation of the universal monsters, which are their, their own original versions. Yeah. Um, they've only released the bride, uh, but I do like their interpretations. I think they're cool. Yeah, I got um the second the Fortnite Zord came on the shop, I had just enough um V Bucks to get it. And I'm like, I have to get it. That looks too cool. Yeah. And then we just saved the world in that mech in the last yes. in the last event. Uh okay. Fortnite. Those season enders are so fun. They yeah. are so cool. 
And it's just, I also, I would say the writing in Fortnite, like when you do have those cutscenes and when you do have like those, these characters interact with each other, Jonesy's funny. He's a yes. funny character. Yeah. yeah, they have good. They have good original stuff going on. There was one season ender that I felt was underwhelming, but right now I can't remember which one it was. But I do remember being like, oh, OK, uh, I think yeah. it was like my third or something. Um, but I, I do I do like trying to be able to be there. I think that it's good that they're never too insane uh, because so many people can't play them because they are a one time event. <clears throat> thing yeah. you you know you got to be there at the time and you get to play it or you don't so i'm glad that yeah. they never go too too crazy with it because it would feel really shitty to miss yeah, yeah. that to limit players yeah yeah. yeah yeah um unless you made it something where like the next time you log in and they they did this once i think the next time you log in you're playing it uh-huh. uh so i i i think that they do a good balance of that i think another one of the reasons why fortnite's a strong game is because it's a perfect podcast listening game when you're playing solo. Oh God, absolutely. It's perfect for it. I oh, play, yeah. play so many podcasts. Yeah. Listen to so many podcasts. Yeah. Uh, very, very um, easy to do for that. I'm, I'm hopeful for like more good Fortniteing because it's been, it's been solid this year so far. Yeah. I, I definitely need to play because I want it because I missed out on Dr. Strange for the last battle pass. Elden Ring took over my life. As we all know, it took over a lot of our lives. Sure. But I definitely want to try and earn Darth Vader because it's, it's Darth Vader. That's yeah. just so cool. I want to make Darth Vader dance to Doja Cat. Yeah, me too. And, and Rick Roll. That would be funny to have Darth Vader Rick Roll. I think that is one of my only knocks. Honestly, I was kind of surprised that Lightyear wasn't uh, in Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, with the release of the yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Um, with, but they haven't brought a Disney original character over yet. So I guess I kind of understand. But like it felt like a kind of obvious one to mm-hmm. me. Um get socks on your back and everything. Like, oh, that's it's, perfect. It's like oh. right there. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll still come someday. Who knows? Uh, but uh, I I think um, one of the things that is just a bummer is that they have things like, this is specifically stands out with the Star Wars characters where like you're not allowed to have a lightsaber as the pickaxe. And I'm like, I get it because you don't want to like take away from the idea that the lightsaber can do harm to other people. Yeah. But like... It looks weird when Darth Vader has his like imperial side. It's a giant staff, staff uh, yeah. instead of uh, his lightsaber. Obi Wan like, has a little <laughs> dagger. Yeah, yeah. His little his little shovel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I agree, but I mean, of course, if I was playing as a character, my only weapon as a Star Wars character or a Jedi or a Sith, I'd probably just walk around with my lightsaber going, "Yeah, I'm a lightsaber." But then I wouldn't be able to, to take anyone out. Yeah. Uh, I remember the one thing I want to touch on before we move off Fortnite, which is that this happened in this last uh, season, which is the the, the uh, no build mode. We talked about it. Um, it was forced on you at first for about a week. I think this was very smart because it was basically saying, try this. And I don't think like they did it as a backlash response. I think they always planned on two separate modes. They just wanted to force people to like, give this a shot. How do you feel? OK, you have a choice now. Here's no build mode. Here, here's build mode. I think that was exceptionally smart. Having both options there, you are now satisfying such a larger audience mm-hmm. yeah. uh, at all yeah. times in a big way. Some people will yeah. come back to Fortnite because there's no build mode now. Absolutely. That makes me play it more, for sure. Yeah, no build mode. I feel it was definitely one of those things when I heard it's like, hey, we have a, a no build mode. You ha- it's all about um, your shooting skills and how well you can survive. You can still harvest You can still harvest items. You can still, you can still get things or you can destroy... Like you can still take your pickaxe and you can still like knock walls down. You can still go and forage, but you can't like build anything. So it's it's a little harder, which I kind of like. But at the same time, I feel it's a little bit easier because you get those players who are just so good at building. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, well, I have no chance against this person now. 
And no they give you they give you an overshield uh, to counteract the no build. So you have like you have fifty more health than normal. So like you have like a you have the build buffer almost there, like a fake wall being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I was like such a smart thing because like they yeah. could have just not added that and just had it be the same. But like that that is a nice little touch. I am it kind is. of surprised like uh, that's carried over to build mode. Oh, did at it? least for the season. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, I don't know if that's just for the season, but because. So the idea was, I thought, that when you did no build mode, when it dropped, that, you know, the mantle was added, the sprinting was added, and the overshield were added, all to, like, compensate not having building. Yeah. But when we've played build mode with our friend Marty, because Marty loves build mode, and I am not knocking, I know why he loves it, he is more talented at the building than we are, so I get it, and I respect that that game is there for him, and I really don't mind playing it to play with him. Yeah. Uh, He's all like, you guys don't have to do that, and I'm like, dude, it's the way you prefer to play, and I usually play no build mode, so I'll play build mode with you. Yeah. Um... But when we played it with him, I noticed that the overshield was there. And so was the sprinting, and so was the, the mantling. I wonder if that will stay in the coming seasons, or if that will become separated. I have to imagine the, that it's now the, mo- the mobility stuff will stay the same. You I don't, don't know about there. the overshield. But the overshield, I could see them taking it away. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, um, let's move on to the uh, probably the big one. But Ben already brought well, actually, up. Actually, I got, I got two more games or three more games I want to talk about before we move on to the big one. And okay. the one I also played at the very beginning of the year that I once again dropped off because of a, the big one, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy three on the DS. Oh. I was playing that a lot earlier this year, and that's a game I had back way back in when it first came out. I want to say in around 2008, 2009. And this is when I was really trying to get into Final Fantasy again. Um, I rediscovered my love of 10. I started playing 12 here and there more. And I was like, no, and more Final Fantasies were becoming more um, available. And at this time, when 3 came out, it was the first time 3 was ever released properly here in the United States. Because before, it was just locked in Japan, never came out. So I was playing the DS remake, and when I played it back then, I got stuck on this one boss very early, early in the game. Could not beat it to save my life, and I just gave up. I eventually sold it. And for years, I kind of regretted it, found it, CIB, rebought it, um, and I got to that bo- that same boss, and I was scared, wiped it out in my first go. Beautiful. Had no problems. And there are some issues with 3. I mean, it's a very earlier Final Fantasy, and even the DS remake still takes a lot of those early concepts, and it makes it pretty er. It's still a little annoying. Like in Final Fantasy 3, as akin to um, Final Fantasy 1, you don't have MP. You have spell charges. They're kind of like spell slots in Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. where you have like the more you level up, of course, the more spells you can use. But of course, the higher, more powerful spells require lesser spell charges. So yes, so you level up, but then it's like, hey, my my Faraga spell went from two casts to three. That is whereas idea. my cure spell is at like twenty. I can cast it twenty times. Magic missile. Yeah. Magic it, missile. It, it, yeah, it's a fun game. It's I re- really enjoy because it it's still a more traditional Final Fantasy. Um, and I really need to get back at it. But I, I heard some horrible things about the end game. The end game dungeon is a place called the Crystal Tower. And every YouTube video I've watched about Final Fantasy three, every single person says, yo, the game is great up until the Crystal Tower, because apparently the Crystal Tower is a slog. It is one of those dungeons in Final Fantasy that is, is one of the most infamous dungeons in all of Final Fantasy. And part of me is like, bring it on, but also grinding in the game. It's it's like traditional JRPG grinding. You have to go out. If you're under level, you have to go out, just like kill a bunch of enemies, grind. That one is like, no matter how hard you grind, you could be in the level 70s and it's still a challenge. No matter how 
powerful your party is. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do have to say is that you can interchange jobs very quickly. Like you have a party of different characters. It's like, you know what? I want to change my white mage into a ninja. You can do that, but you have to um, fight certain battles with it a little with it debuffed because you have to have an adjustment period. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan of that. Mm. Hey, man, if Ben, if you quit your job immediately and go start a brand new job, you're not going to be the good at that job, right? True. Right? There you go. Right? It's realism. In yeah, the yeah, but the thing was, they were already that job once before. Like, if it was brand new, they never did it before, sure. But if they were that job once before and I need to re-switch them again, then it's kind of like, you were once this once before. Mm. But, yeah, That's you're right. I understand, I understand that. But once again, it was an early Final Fantasy. It was the third one. The job system's still really good. And I have to say, I'm, I really enjoyed it. And I, and I do need to go back to it. It's still in my, plugged in my 3DS. And I'm like, I need to go back and play this game. So yeah, Final Fantasy three is definitely one of those games I want to go back and play and at least finish because now I have the strategy guide. So the strategy guide for me isn't like, hey, this is how to beat it. It's more of a this is where to go. Mm-hmm. It's like go there and do the thing because wow. those early JRPGs, they are not the best at telling you to go there. No, oh, yeah. Uh, let's stick with Final Fantasy for a little bit because I was, gonna, I was just going to say real quick. Yeah. Well, you, you say your thing. I can mine can come later. Uh, oh, this because let's stick with Final Fantasy. I started Final Fantasy seven remake. Uh, I am uh, about seven hours in. Uh, I wish I could play more, but I just haven't. Um, uh, I talked about it briefly on the podcast, but you weren't there, so I can talk about it more here. Mm. Um, that is truly one of the most polished, um, incredible games I've ever played in my life, and I'm I'm only er- I'm so early on. Um, nice. It's like I said on the podcast, but like the the only other game that I can think has this much polish and uh, cutscene gameplay integration where you're seamlessly going from gameplay to to uh, uh story is god of war and that is one of the greatest games ever made um final fantasy 7 remake is not just uh and this is this is widely known by now like it's not just remaking the game it's doing neon genesis evangelion rebuilds of the final fantasy 7 mm-hmm, franchise mm-hmm. um very early on you meet like again this is not really sports this is the beginning of the game you meet a character uh and then ghosts show up Dementors from from the other world show up, and I played Final Fantasy VII as a kid. They weren't there, uh, so I started seeing these ghosts show up, and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. And I can play it further and further, and I realize that they're they are there to to keep the timelines correct, and you are changing it as Cloud. And I don't know why yet. I'm still early on, which is exciting, but shit is getting different. And I'm now at the at, in the Shinra facility where I hear like I looked it up like this is the big. The, what I'm about to do is a big change in the game, and I'm like, oh, man, this is really exciting. And, like, characters who die don't die. Characters who aren't there show up early. Like, uh, Sephiroth is a character you don't meet for a while in that game, but he shows up early in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, yeah, he cool. shows up, and, you, and Cloud thinks he's a ghost at first, because at this point in the game, everyone thinks Sephiroth is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not until, I mean, in the original Final Fantasy VII, it's not revealed that Sephiroth is alive until you, clap, until Cloud and the party bust out of the Shinra facility, bust out of the, um, of the Shinra HQ prison, and they go up to the president's office, and they see Sephiroth's sword in the president's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, uh-oh, Sephiroth is the only one who can use that sword. He ain't dead yet. Sephiroth. What's going on? And then, of course, the plot continues. Yeah. yeah. So, uh... Just piggybacking off that because I haven't touched the remake yet, um, other than the demo, which was great. Yeah. Um, back in the day, we put played it on basement arcade. We did. Um, we did. Uh, I, um, 
the recent announcement about that that like mobile experience that takes you through like all of Final Fantasy seven like all its connective tissue it's the new thing that's like streamlining it to hey experience this hey experience this and and this is how all these pieces fit together um i'm stoked that's like that i'm waiting for that that's where i'm gonna like just glom on and and go hard right Mm -hmm. into final fantasy 7 um not that i'm necessarily waiting for that to play remake but like at this point i might as well um so that i have that full background because i've never never i'm aware of the story of final fantasy 7 in broad strokes but i've never played it myself yeah I would say a good, I mean, it's not the exact story per se, but um, Team Four Star, they did an amazing uh, machine abridged version of Final Fantasy VII. Well, this is <laughs> this that, is what I mean. It's like I've watched that, right? And like okay. I've, I've encountered other things like, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, osmosis. Uh, through osmosis. Yeah. Through osmosis yeah. of, of Final Fantasy. Like, I know the Final Fantasy VII story, but I'd yeah. like to go in and do it myself in a way. Oh, yeah. um, and that mobile experience sounds like a, kind of the perfect gateway that I've been waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Also, I have to say that what the, that mobile experience, what it looks like, I love how they kind of, they make homages to the original low poly sprites of the PS one, but they update it. And then once you go into the actual battle phase, it's, it looks like modern gen graphics or at least close mm-hmm. to modern gen. And also what I enjoy is that you can change out one, when, when we still don't know a whole lot, but from what my interpretation of that trailer is, there are going to be it's, it's a mobile game. I can only assume there's going to be gotcha mechanics and microtransactions somewhere. Yeah, but it's not I don't always know true, if, but I know I know why you're saying that. Yeah. But changing the costumes looks fun. It yeah. looks cool. Seeing clouds yeah. like dual sam or like cloud samurai ish outfit or Aerith is she looks stunning in that princess mm-hmm. dress. I'm not going to lie. She looks absolutely gorgeous. And even then, when you got to the, the famous scene where Sephiroth is in the flames, his hairstyle kept changing. And yes. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about Sephiroth with short hair. It's like he it still looks good, but I don't know, because I'm so used to seeing Sephiroth with his long hair and his little like other antenna looking thing. So sure. that's the thing, though, again, because like we're not we're still not sure if that's like young Sephiroth or if it's a another character from like another like an Anvid children thing. Like we don't we still don't know all the information, which is which is also exciting. Yeah. Yeah, but it also we're getting Crisis Core remake for modern consoles, which makes me stupid happy because just like Birth by Sleep, Crisis Core was a game that everyone said it's a great, excuse me, it's a great, great Final Fantasy game that's a great connective tissue. But unfortunately, it was on a system that disappeared in my house. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm I feel very ready to like dive into the world of Final Fantasy seven. So I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting that. I'm glad that remakes so going so well. Oh, my God. It's incredible. And I just started and like and I watched uh, You've been uh, streaming that. Yeah, I have been streaming it. Yes. DJ Tony Star nice. 616. Uh, uh, I watched some video reviews just to see like what was what was uh, what was like the initial impression of when this game came out? And everyone's like, it's good from beginning to end. It ends even stronger than it starts. It's an incredible game. 10 out of 10. It won game of the year for a bunch of places. And like, oh, I get it. I should. I wish I would have yeah. played it earlier. Yeah. Um, um, I, I remember when the game first came out or before the game first came out, a lot of people were very critical about it only going up to the Midgar story. Yeah. Because they were expecting... I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of hoping this too. I was expecting the first part of Final Fantasy VII Remake to go up to disc one. We, yeah. I was thinking that maybe they're gonna separate this into three full-length games: disc one, disc two, and disc three, just like the original uh, PlayStation version. When it's like, no, we're just going up to Midgar. Even I was like a little, but that's like five or four hours of the original game. But then once I played it, the more I, the more I experienced it. There was only one mission that I wasn't a big fan of, and that's later on. That's a spoiler for Ryan because he's not there yet. 
besides the even though I didn't enjoy that area per se, I loved the interactions between Cloud, Tifa, and Aerith. I loved how we get to see more of Biggs, Wessie, and Jet, and Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse. Yeah. Because those characters, let's be real, the original, they were one-offs. They were there in the very beginning, and then they die two hours in, and you don't care, and you don't really mention them until when Barrett's talking in when he's in Mount Corral about losing all his friends. Yeah, and I'm, I'm yeah, again, like seven hours in, and, and Jesse... Uh, Biggs and Wedge are cool, are, are great, but like Jesse's definitely got more of a focus. Like that oh, is a yeah. fully, fully realized character. That's a lady. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to be an actress, and she got thrown into being a terrorist. Shit's wild. Um, you have to steal stuff from her dying dad. It's wild stuff. Uh, yeah, the character stuff is so good. The voice acting is so good. Uh, it's always funny to hear. Um, ben, you ever watch Breaking Bad? I did. Badger, yeah, is, Badger is Badger is Wedge. He's got that deep voice, man. And I'm like, oh my god, you were like. He is like the perfect voice actor. He has such a good voice, an instantly recognizable voice. And I'm like, oh, he's in Final Fantasy. He also takes care of a bunch of cats. Tyler Hawkwind is Sephiroth in the game. I, re- I remember you guys told me this. I'm I very, didn't, I was very happy about it. I that. heard him like, is that Superman? What? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Funny enough, even uh, George Newbern, this is not the first time a Superman plays Sephiroth. George Newbern voices Sephiroth in the English version of Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. I was going to say Advent Children also. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't yeah. know that. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, um, when originally in Kingdom Hearts, Sephiroth was voiced by none other than Insync's Lance Bass. Yes. Should have kept him. Should have kept him. Oh, my God. But that's I only, forgot about that. But that's only for you only hear him for the fight, because in the final mix version, when you see after you beat Sephiroth, there's that interaction between Cloud and Sephiroth. It's all just text dip base. And you hear you watch him fight through with one winged angel in the background. And then in Kingdom Hearts 2, they take the, um, I mean, Christy Carlson Romano, she was voicing Yuffie in the first game. And I assume that's what helped her get her role as Yuffie in Advent Children and 2 and so on and so forth. Yeah. But once you get, um, uh, then once uh, Sephiroth shows up in um, Kingdom Hearts 2, it's all Advent Children actors, mm-hmm. I'm which so, I'm not I'm mad so, about, which I'm I am saying, not upset about, but still. It, it was hearing <laughs> It was a little on the nose uh, uh, for him to go, Sephiroth's back, all right. But that's just me. <laughs> uh, I'm just so excited to be able to get into more Final Fantasy VII stuff. Me too. Me too. Um, if you guys, because I'm waiting for that mobile experience, if you guys are cool, I think I'd like to use talking about that mobile experience to bridge into something else that's on my list. Yes. Yeah, go for it. Uh, it's really new. Is it it's, the game I've also been yes. playing? Did you started it? I started it this morning. Oh, yeah. Is it's, this a game that, and this is also another mobile game that looks really sweet, and I kind of want to, oh, you son of a bitch. It's Disney Mirrorverse. God damn it. I, I play a lot of uh, Ben, it just came out, so jump in. Yeah. Um, it's it, dude, uh, those designs look so freaking good. This is the thing. I've been I've been waiting for this ever since they released the designs, the toy. Some of the first wave of toys came out for this uh last year. Yeah. Um, which was like Sully, Jack Sparrow, Buzz, and Bell all came out. Um, and their designs are so cool. And there's a lot we had not seen yet in design. And now we've seen like Hercules, Mulan. Uh, Merida, all these characters look incredible. Scar, um, I Hercules, Hercules just for the design alone, but the gameplay's fun. Mm-hmm. Hercules with freaking wings, yeah, looks just like all the, these redesigns. Because I remember seeing the toys. Like I saw the this, the toy design for Buzz first, and I I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of shook. I was like, this looks so rad. And it's uh, like, and of course, it's on the packaging. It says Mirrorverse, so obviously this is a different dimension. And I remember, I see ads for this on TikTok. I see ads for this for a while, 
But one thing that really got me was Belle as a as a spellcaster. Yeah, yeah. And I love her staff. I'm like, that is perfect. Belle's book smart. Of course she would be a mage. And god damn it, why does Sully look like a badass? Sully's yeah. a tank. This is the thing, is like all these all these Disney characters, like this is the most radical design change Disney has ever allowed to their original characters. Yeah. And they look great uh and the game looks great i'm glad they took as much time as they did gaston looks like craven the hunter uh my team right now is currently scar merida and sully god i love it scar scar is a is a stealth assassin where he literally he fades into the ground in his shadow and you can't attack him as he's moving because he's a shadow assassin Really, oh. like they, they put so much thought into like what the characters would be like. T- like Sully is big and he's like a tank. He's the one who's supposed to take the damage. Like that's what a tank does. Like they have RPG roles. Like Merida is the ranger. Uh, 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 I have Eve from Wally, uh, and she's a, she's a ranged attacker too. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. there's so much thought, and it is a mobile game. So like I'm already running up against like if you really want to level up, you got to pay money. But that's a mobile game, and I, I don't mind grinding. That's that's the experience. Yeah. Uh, right. But it looks so good it right. looks incredible and you said this is a lot like the marvel mobile game that yeah. they had uh earlier this year no it's no, last year years old years old it's a different one uh, oh not the most no 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 uh, marvel future fight is like five or six years old and it's the same model where it plays kind of like diablo it's kind of top top down and you have different buttons but um mirror verse is a little more focused in uh it's three it's three uh a three team game um but it's like it's such high polygon count like it is like it looks better than like it looks like like this could be like a PS3 game. Like and I know it's like kind of old, but like for like phone Honestly, games, PS4. like PS4, sure, yeah. Um, I think PS3 is uh, even too too. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, old for uh, it's like PS4 quality. The, the animations are so slick and like uh, uh, so much so much thought into every little thing. Frankly, it could be on Switch. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they they sometimes turn these types of games into real games i hope they do like i would love to see this on switch honestly yeah um i would love to see them engage more with this um i believe they've already started work on an impending board game version of this that's Mm. coming and uh anything honestly to expand on this that they use these character designs i'm all for because the designs themselves are so good and Mm -hmm. the game is pretty and it's fun to play woody Woody has oh never God. looked hotter, which is the weirdest thing on the planet. <laughs> that dude is like a sexy cowboy. I'm like, Woody, there's a snake dude, in my boot. <laughs> I, I saw a TikTok for that. And someone's <laughs> like, okay, seriously, this new Disney game, it's pretty good. But why is Woody so hot? Yeah. It's, and, uh, Sparks to mention you, because there was also another mobile game. I want to say it, it was called Sorcerer's Arena. Where it, but it's their, more than their traditional Disney outfits. It's their traditional designs. Yes. But it's like, hey, they're all like, some they use some sort of magic. They get, you have Sorcerer that, Nikki. He was the big pole, and they are plays. in an actual board game version of that game. Yeah. So the board game version, I'm more inclined because I mean the the star set has like six characters or like maybe ten characters where you can pick and choose from. But I can only imagine there's gonna be more expansion sets. It's like, hey, here's some new characters for Sorcerer's Arena that you can mix and match and build your perfect team for your play style. I played Sorcerer's Arena. Sorcerer Sorcerer's Arena was fun for the time that it was made it's uh it's a perfectly fine mobile game it's the designs are they look nice but they are like they are not of the visual quality that we're talking about here in mirrorverse um they are more or less their original looks uh their moves are cool because their moves are very character based and everything but it is um classic final fantasy style turn based uh, mm. stuff that you're doing and this is much more active uh because you d- you move with the joystick you decide your movement and you are attacking as you hit the button that's uh frank from jungle cruise he's swamp thing oh my he's got God. a swamp thing arm <laughs> 
Um, so like, but in Mirrorverse, I like being more engaged in my, in my games. And so like being able to move around the arena myself by moving my thumb and using the attack buttons as I want with my thumb is much more what I want to be doing. And that's this game. I just, I can't, like Scrooge McDuck is like a steampunk backpack wearing like magician. Like it's, oh it's my. just the craziest, like they, again, they could have been lazy about it. And they're like, why don't we actually try to do cool shit with yeah, every single went, character? They went so hard on the character designs. Um, like, that, yo, that let's alone go brings hard. you to the game. Yes. Uh, also, I kind of like how... Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Sparks, but one of the things I love about this game um, is what Ryan said, because he has... Ryan, who's your team? Scar and who else? Merida and Sully. All right, so you have a villain on your team. Oh, yeah. And normally, well, of course, with these type of games, it's like, oh, you're fighting against the Disney villains. But the fact that the villains are on your side, it's like, no, this is like all encompassing Disney. And I can only imagine that Maleficent is like such a badass. She's, and I'm like, she's like the first major antagonist you fight. Like there's a story he, mode. And like, again, it's all it's not like uh, uh, spoken dialogue. It's all just like text bubbles. But there is a story. It of, always starts with Maleficent. Yeah, it's like there's a story of like, yeah, like the Mirrorverse is this thing where like you can create evil copies of people. So Maleficent gathers all the villains and her and Jafar have schemes. Uh, and then like uh, your, your mic was cutting in and out again. And I missed the whole story a bit. That's OK. Um, uh, there's like a story mode. Uh, and it's all like text based, but like uh, uh, Maleficent and Jafar are hanging out. Like you create evil versions of characters through the Mirrorverse, so they're trying to use that technology. Uh, Zerg, it looks awesome. Uh, Jafar looks awesome. Gaston is cool. Like it, it's not, yeah, it's not just heroes. Like it's it's a mix of everyone, and they're all trying to. Uh, some of the villains are working with you to stop Maleficent and them because, like okay. you know, the two uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. Okay, so it's kind of like Kingdom Hearts, but not like Kingdom Hearts. I, I mean, I thought of Kingdom Hearts hard playing this game for sure. Yeah. <laughs> God, I wonder if they're going to bring Sora into this game. Uh, don't get crazy. Probably Honestly, not. Probably not. He's, he's, he's a square character. He's not, as far as I know, he's not fully owned by Disney. So no. Honestly, to some extent, this is kind of the designs you wish you got in Kingdom Hearts, right? Oh. Because they're going to be so inclined in battle and stuff. Like, <laughs> I wish we were visiting these Disney worlds where these heroes are like this. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. But, but, you know, Kingdom Hearts is good as what it is yeah, yeah that's he, fine. also i did see the design for jack skellington and him with a top hat and a beard looks freaking like you look like abe lincoln but at the same time you look badass yeah. uh yeah uh, they're they're doing their first ever event because it just launched um and so they're doing their first event right now uh highly recommend ben that you jump in you're gonna like it yeah it's fun for, it's a good it's fun. a good like time time waster for sure absolutely never thought i'd be on the trans like yeah mobile games because i do have a few mobile games on my phone like the the only the big Disney mobile game I have is Disney Emoji Blitz, and that's like a match three mobile game because the more you play that, you can unlock emojis to you actually use. I haven't used a Disney Emoji in years, and I think I might just like cut the, the game the out. And I'll, I'll, I'll probably make room. I'll probably cut that game out so I can make room for Mirrorverse. The reality is that they there's a lot of good there's a lot of good mobile games. Like they just are designed well. They're fun to play. They look good. This is one of them. Yeah. Um, you just because it's a mobile game, you will always, uh, almost always deal with a gotcha of some kind and you just have to be aware of it and like cope with it and work around it or do whatever you need to, to get through it. Um, yeah. uh, without, you know, breaking your bank. I um, have, I have played Marvel future fight for years on and off. Um, and I, I have never spent money on it, but it's a type of thing where like, if you grind long enough, you can get what you want. It just takes a long ass time because it, again, it's a free game. Like if you don't want to spend money, you got to earn it. It just takes a while. And that's like, again, that's that's the business transaction I'm OK with. 
Uh, but I have, like, that Future Fight game has mm. hundreds of characters. I have every X-Men character on my team that you could possibly get to. So, like, eventually, so many more characters are going to get added to this game. Marvel Revolution. Yeah, that's a new uh, one. One of them that, that you were, you know, you've talked about, I've talked about. Um, that feels very good to play again. Yeah. Like, you'll run into the gotcha mechanics. I will talk about one, um, because we're talking gotcha mechanics. There's one uh, that I definitely want to highlight, because, um, Ben, I don't think, you you haven't started Arcane yet. No, I have not. Okay, but you have. Mm-hmm. Um the game you want to play if you're playing Ar- if you're watching Arcane and you want to engage now with the video game side of it is not League of Legends. It's called Legends of Runeterra, mm-hmm. which is a mobile game. It's a card game. It plays like it's, it's it plays like Magic in a lot of ways, but for that world. And uh, you will get more of the lore and more of the story experience. And the gotcha mechanics they exist like buying things, but it is not necessary. It's just not necessary. It's just if you want to like you want to get some some specific cards or you want to push into this. Like, you do not need to. You can play through the story and have fun and, and build your decks without doing it. It's not required. Uh, and it's a super well-designed card game. It just is. Uh, and it gives me all the things I want out of, like, I want more of that world. Cool. Legends of Runeterra. That's where you go. And I, I, that's another mobile game I've been playing this year. I'll have to check that out. All right. Yeah, because I need to... There was an advertisement for a, an Emmy for your consideration advertisement that played during my on my break at work the other night. I'm like, I need to watch that show. It's real good. It 100%. does. I, it does look absolutely gorgeous. But I mean, I just hear horrible things about League of Legends. I thought, do I have to play League of Legends to get to, to understand the story? No, no, no you don't. Okay, cool. But you can you can just watch Arcane, and honestly, that can be enough. I watched Arcane and then was like, I kind of want more. more, and that's why I started playing Legends of Runeterra, which is the better game. All right. As I was watching Arcane, every single time a character pop up, I went to LeagueOfLegends.com and looked at that character. I was like, can I play this character in League of Legends? Yep, 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 yep. Every single character is from that game. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. I mean, hey, they they put the the love and effort into it, and I have to say, that's good on them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Really quickly before we go into the big one, um, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which is also, unless we want to talk more about Legends of Ruterra. No, I just wanted to highlight it. I, I don't need to, like... Uh, it's a really fun card game. It truly is. Um, uh, I'm not one who's drawn to card games on on d- generally on consoles or mobile devices. If I'm playing a card game, I prefer to actually be playing the card game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Legends of Ruterra, I find really engaging and fun. And you can build your decks and play with friends. So if you have friends who are playing it, you can play against them too, um, or you can just play through the story. Uh, but I really, but I really enjoy it. I highly recommend it. I think it's a great experience. Neat. Cool. I'm going to check it out. Neat. So, so moving on to Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which is the game, which is game only I, only I played, I believe. Correct. That's correct. No switch. Yeah. That game's cute. That game is great. Um, the only thing I have to say is for co- the co-op mode, I do. It has its pros and cons pros. It's really fun to play with a friend. It's very fun couch co-op. The con is that you're only playing as bandana waddle D and you can't absorb enemies. You only have a spear. But the good news is, is that they can take the hits for you because there are times in um, in levels where you have to go through the level without or fight the boss without taking a single hit. They can take the hits while you focus on dodging and it won't affect your score. So as long as Kirby is OK, the the your couch co-op partner can take all the damage and you'll still be in the clear. Sure. So they're good. And also, it's really fun because you have another set of eyes. Um, I can't tell you because I was playing with my girlfriend, Fanny. When we were playing the game, she would find secrets and she would find hidden wall Ds that I missed. Mm-hmm. So it's always great to have another set of eyes. And also the game is just super cute and adorable. I love how there's still levels, but the levels are still pretty free roaming and you can explore, find little nooks and crannies. 
it is a really the last Kirby game I really truly sunk my teeth into was Kirby Canvas Curse for the DS. Mm-hmm. Very different game. It was a DS exclusive, very unique style of gameplay for the stylus. But the only game I would return to was Nightmare in Dreamland for the GBA. You didn't you didn't play Kirby's Epic Yarn? I did not play. Oh, uh, that's the one, baby. That's the maybe know, the cutest I, game ever made. Uh, I've heard. I've heard nothing but amazing things about Kirby's. That's a pretty Epic. good one. You bundle up with this yarn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so freaking cute. So I would have to say it's definitely going to be on my top 10, Kirby's and the Forgotten Land, because it's such a fun game to play. And also you feel so rewarded when you save all the Waddle Dees and they all wave to you when you beat the level. It's like and there's a lot of replayability. It's like, darn, I missed a thing. What did I miss? Oh, this is what you missed. You can go back in and it's still fun to play. It's not like, oh, I have to slog through and do this. It's fun. I want to complete this game. I want to get 100 percent. Even the little gotcha toys are fun to collect. Sure, sure. Um. Yeah, that sounds. I, I'm excited to play that Kirby game. I really am. One day. Yeah, that, I would highly, highly recommend playing it with a with a friend or your significant other or whomever. It's a fun, very. And even if you do happen to get a game over and die, it's not punishing. You yeah. just maybe lose a few coins. Coins are easy to get. There's a bunch of mini games in the overworld. It's it's a fun game. Is it yeah. easy? Even on like the air quotes harder difficulty, it's still a pretty easy game. There are bosses where the difficulty does ramp up and it is it brings you a bit of a challenge, but it doesn't lose how fun it is. It's still a fun game to play and I highly recommend it. Right. Love it. I I definitely am. That's one that I feel like I'm kind of waiting to be in the same space as my fiance again for like an extended amount of time and actually do that. There's another one that I'm waiting to continue on to do that with, and it's Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, which I started playing. Uh, we got a couple of hours in, um, not very far, uh, but we had such a great time doing that together. That's one I've, I've refused to, even though I really want to, and yeah, yeah. I really, really want to, because that's a great game. Um, the writing in it is so tight. Like uh, Brandon and I have talked about it before that like guardians of the galaxy is, is wonderful. Yeah. I can see where it's going to be that. Um, but I, I want to continue that with, with my partner. Um, so I'm, I'm holding off on that. And Kirby, I think is going to land in that same space. I'm going to piggyback off your Kirby and talk about a different switch game, Mario party superstars. <clears throat> I just Party got that game. My fiance is a huge fan of Mario Party. Um, massive, massive fan. And um, oh, Superstars came out on Switch and Superstars is really neat. Um, I'm not going to say it's perfect. I think that there are some things, some mechanics that uh, more modern Mario Party games have brought to the table that this one could have employed. But it is essentially trying to be a greatest hits collection of Mario Party. Yeah. And I do think for that, it succeeds in a lot of ways. Um, you're able to... When you go in, you're able to they have these newly designed maps that you're playing through that play through in the style. So none of the the maps are all like retrofitted new interpretations of combined elements from old maps of classic Mario Party games. So the maps are new, but the games are all updated old games. Um, And when you go in, every time you pick the map, you can choose. uh, Am I only playing games from Mario Party one? Am I playing games from Mario Party one through three? Am I playing games from just random from all the Mario parties that are available that are like one through eight, I think, um, or one through seven. I want to say one through five because it goes up to the game. Keep you Yeah, I you think might. Mario I think Party you might be right. Uh, like one through five. It's been a little bit since I touched it, but um, I love that. I love that you can like I want very oh. much a Mario Party five experience or I want a Mario Party four and five experience. Um, and the fact that you can set it in that way, I think, is extremely unique. And in that same way, you're able to customize in music choices, uh, uh, punishments, all that kind of stuff, like it, it, as calibrated to those classic games 
fit in into your own style for the map. And I think that's really, really fun. Um, just a, just a thoughtful, maybe not quite as thoughtful, but like pretty good Mario Party Grace hits collection. I got yeah. a tiny one. I only played it very briefly, but I just wanted to play it so I could just talk about it. Uh, ben, do you remember many eons ago at this point, we went to SoCal, Ray, uh, SoCal Gaming Expo, and I introduced you to a game called Windjammers. God, I love you for that. So, on Xbox Game Pass, there was a game called Windjammers 2. They released a sequel like 30 years later. It's good. It's not the same game. It doesn't feel as good. Not nearly as good. Uh, Windjammers is a 1v1... A Frisbee-style uh, sports game where you're trying to... Uh, uh, there's a three-point, a three-point, and a five-point, uh, and you're trying to get up to 21 points against an opponent. Um, kind of like, almost like a like a, uh, like golfing like, against someone else. It's like volleyball. It's like Frisbee volleyball, in Sure, a way. yeah, yeah, Frisbee volleyball. Um, and, like, uh, you can lob it, you can you can uh, spin dash it, you can, like, zigzag it, and you get special abilities to, like, super-powered moves. Um, almost like a Mario, Mario Tennis or Mario Strikers type of thing. Um, the sequel... I'm glad it exists. It is fun to play, but having played Windjammers, it does not feel as nearly as good. Uh, just Ooh. moving around, throwing it, just like the uh, the immediate catch, release, throw isn't there. Um, but it is fun to play, and it is a game I will want to play with you eventually, Ben. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, also all the friends who want to play, but um, mm -hmm. Ben's the one who's experienced no, it. No, so no, no, like, sure, sure. So uh, uh, I forgot that it even came out, um, and I'm glad it exists. Um, not as good as I was hoping, but still good enough to play. Windjammers 2. Yeah, because I know they re-released the, the original Windjammers for PlayStation. I don't know. I think they, I think it was the original version, but maybe they, they HD'd it up. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did recently find out about Windjammers 2. I'm like, man, I got to check that out. But also there was a PlayStation Plus game, and this was eons. Right after you introduced me to Windjammers was a game called Disc Jam. Yep. Which was Windjammers, but not Windjammers, but very much like Windjammers. I also tried that out. It's pretty It's pretty good. Nothing yeah. Nothing can beat the original. There's just something yeah. special about that game, man. It's crazy. It, uh, I remember seeing it at well, one of my most recent Lost Levels trips because they had a Neo Geo cabinet, and Windjammers was one of the games. Yeah. So, of course, I had to play it. Not as good as I was, because I remember when Ryan and I, you played it for the first time at SoCal Gaming back at Frankenstein's all those years ago. That was fun, but I was like, but you and I were staying on an old Astro City arcade, and that was much more enjoyable than the stand-up cabinet I was playing on. Oh, yeah. Uh, quick little tidbit about, because I also got uh, Mario Party Superstars for Fanny, and I played it this past weekend. Um, we played it, we had a bunch of friends over, and we were playing it, and it was definitely the Mario Party experience where the where the AI just decided to screw one character over, and that was unfortunately my character. Yeah, yeah. And after our friends left, Fanny comes out and doing the dishes, and Fanny's like, hey, do you want to play Mario Party with me? I'm like, no, I hate Mario Party. <laughs> I was very like, no, I don't want to do it. Then I was like, can we play Ninja Turtles instead? And she's like, oh, I don't want to play Ninja Turtles. So I relented. She and I played Mario Party. We put two AI opponents on, and I kicked her ass. I ended that game. I got like two bonus stars. I had four stars by the by the time our turns ended. Oh. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, so this is definitely one of those times where it's like, I got my ass kicked. Now I'm kicking ass. Probably the next time I play Mario Party, I'll probably be in the middle. Who knows? It'd be like that. Sure. Uh, Mario Party yeah. be like that sometimes. I, I do feel like, yeah, Superstars captured, I, I think that's a wonderful little like uh, nostalgia in a bottle. Mario yeah. Party experience uh, that they brought to Switch. This is one of the, the the times where I think maybe just because of the simplistic formatting of Mario Party, where like 
we've talked about when they've done badly, uh, especially with the Nintendo of recapturing like old games ported to the Switch and things like that. I think like the greatest hits collection idea of Superstars was actually pretty well executed overall for yeah. old Mario Party now on the Switch. Uh, I think that that actually worked kind of well. Um, yeah. And is a nice companion game to the other uh, Switch Mario Party, Mario Party 9. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I think that those sit next to each other pretty well as like two unique Mario Party experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think at this point, we're going to push the big one all the way to the end. Um, so if yeah. there's anything else besides the big one that, that we want to talk about, I definitely want to throw those in here. Um, I want to talk real quick about uh, Halo Infinite. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, did you play that? that? Yes, I did play it in these first six months. I just didn't finish it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and that's what I was going to highlight is that like, um, I think that that it's fun. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of value to it. Uh, I just got first off like, uh, you know, another game came out that totally blew Halo Infinite out of my brain and then uh, moving and all that. So Life. I haven't I haven't returned to it because I feel like the next time I return to it, I want to see it all the way through to the end. Uh, real quick. Uh, they still haven't updated it for co-op campaign. That's so. Rough. So I'm that I haven't beaten the campaign yet either. Maybe we wait. Maybe at this point we wait yeah. and just play it together because it's I coming. It's coming in the next couple of months. I hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it. It feels like it's in need of that to some degree. Um, I I really enjoy what I was able to engage with of Halo Infinite. It's it feels nice to be back in the world of Halo. Um, I fear. Obviously, I didn't get far enough uh, for for it to really be prevalent to me. But like you've mentioned before, I fear how the feeling of the the rep- repetition will be. Um, yeah, you kind of have to find your my my in already i feel like you have to find your own way to make it challenging and fun when you're doing repetitive uh pieces like uh, how am i going to go about this without it just being like the same uh so uh for those of you uh are not in the know of halo infinite that game uh got basically cut in half uh uh because just they they were really behind this you know a pandemic shit happens you know making games hard uh so like half of that game got cut and if you play that game long enough you start to realize i'm doing the same three missions over and over again and it's Halo, right? Halo's fun to play, but go capture this spot, kill these guys is only so fun for the 13th time, you know? Um, so I, you will hit a point where you're like, maybe I won't do all the side quests uh-huh. uh, and just do the campaign, which where I got to a point and then I just never went back, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but I, I, it was on my top 10, mostly for multiplayer. Right. Uh, it's still, it is, it feels good. The thing that the thing that uh, I could say about Halo Infinite, it feels like really good Halo, and that's the only thing I could really ask for. Right. Uh, I just do wish the campaign. The most important thing. The most important thing. I do. I do wish because I am a campaign person first and foremost for Halo, even though I love the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish the campaign had a little more tight structure to it. Sure, I agree with that. Even even from my experience, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take over for just a second and mm-hmm. talk about. Um, I briefly talked about it with you guys on the podcast, but um, Destiny Two Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Um. I shotgun that story event before it was in, it was permanently wiped from the Destiny 2 <gasps> servers. Ugh, awful. Uh, which is awful. However, I have to tell you, the shotgunning experience was really fun. Um, the reason that this was allowed was because it's old enough content that you are already inherently high enough level that you don't have to do a lot of the grind between the story missions. So I was just blowing through mission after mission and just engaging with the story and i kind of wish destiny was like that all i the did time. i did a similar thing um, uh, a while ago yeah because it just felt good to stay completely on mission and focused and just following the story beat for beat and i had a great time i i fought some incredible boss fights i felt that that's a bungee game so the shooting's always great it feels so good oh yeah uh i had such a blast i just was like going through and 
engaging with each boss fight and finding its puzzles and finding its structure. And uh, I blew through that in a couple of days and I loved it. Um, I truly, truly loved it. It's a, it's a shame that that story is now gone because that was a great piece of story. Um, this is the part that's all about revenge for the death of the murder of Cade. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion's character. Um, he's murdered at the beginning, and then uh, I, I don't even consider this a spoiler because you can't play it anymore. Yeah, it's it's, uh, <laughs> year, it's years old at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All so, your, um, whatever Ryan just said, his might cut out. Uh, it, the 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 story content he played is technically like years old, so I don't think it's spoilers okay. anymore. So uh, you you're going on this quest to avenge Cade, and the story is just hit for hit. Uh, as you're going through and it honestly felt even more logical to play it in this manner where like you were just going through it because like getting distracted from the mission feels silly because you are so driven to this one point that like the only reason you'd have to like go off course is because you got to grind some stuff. Um, right. So I was really glad I didn't have to engage with it that way. And it's made me like now I'm chasing very soon. I'm going to do Shadow Keep, which is the next story event. And I, I probably will be able to blow through that one, too, as it's uh, two two events behind. Um but it reminded me just how wonderful Destiny 2 can be. Yeah. Um, and I truly, truly love it. Uh, I'm, I'm eager to go back. Let me know when you do go back, because I did buy all the expansions except for the most recent one, and I have not touched it. So uh, I, they are just waiting there. And if it gets, <laughs> if it gets yeah. uh, Disney vaulted for something that I haven't even played and bought, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, so let's, I, do, let's do Shadowkeep together. I need to go back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was my thing, is I bought Forsaken, and I'm like, I need to play that before that's gone. I spent money on it. And, yeah. Uh, and, and like, I cared about that story, and, and up to this point, I have not missed a story of Destiny 2, like, yeah. not a story-focused event. I have not missed one before it went into the vault, and so I was like, the Forsaken's not going to be where I fall off. Not this day. Not this day. But it sure won't be this day. This day will uh, be fine. I've got two other big ones I know Ryan's going to share in talking with me about them. Uh, ben, do you have anything else you want to bring up before Elden Ring? All I have is Shredder's Revenge. I... Outside, of, outside of the other big one, it's Shredder's Revenge. I had Very... that at 3 in the morning today. I, I also I beat the arcade mode at like 4 in the morning last Monday when I streamed it on my Twitch. And I, I talked about it on the podcast, but I'll reiterate what I said. When I played that game, I was play, I, I started story mode with Fanny. Story mode was fun, absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And then I played arcade mode for my stream and I just joined some random person's game. I just completely like, I'm just going to join this random person's game on the middle difficulty. I played through the entire arcade mode, the whole campaign from level one to level 16. We beat it and I got a trophy for master of one quarter. It was a golden trophy. I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And that made me happy. Because one of the things I love about that game is like, because there are times you lose all your HP. The final boss, Ryan, as you know, is pretty damn difficult and you get knocked out quite a bit. But the mechanic of reviving your characters, you have 10 seconds to revive someone. And as you're reviving them, the timer stops and another gauge fills. Once you fill up that gauge, they're back at at least, I mean, it's half HP, which isn't the best, but hey, it's pretty damn good. It's a good idea to have your HP at least halfway full so you don't lose a life or you uh, lose a credit. Uh, yeah, so uh, I played it yesterday. I played most of it by myself. Um, and then after I beat it, uh, sorry, I did all of it by myself. And then I went back and I played a the couple missions with uh, random people because like it's very easy to just hit L1 to find groups of players. And it'll tell you, these are all the people starting the game right now waiting for other people to play. Uh, so I just joined in a party and it was six of us. And Ben, you are right. 
it is insane and chaotic and I had to quit because I couldn't see what I was doing. I think <laughs> six players might be too many players. It's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome that it exists, but uh, uh, it increases like the enemy count, right? As like the more people you have as well. No, I don't think it increases the Does enemy not? count. Okay, if it doesn't, so. then then it's just there's too much going on anyway. Um, but I immediately was like, everyone's just spamming their super attacks and I'm just like, nothing's, and I'm just like, I don't even know where I am right now. <laughs> so I, I I quit and I went to a party of just like three people and that was much more manageable. Um, yeah, that game is I, I would say fun. I would say four characters is the magic number because originally when you look at the other TMNT arcade games, like the original arcade game and Trolls in Time, both of which are regarded as some of the best teams Mutant Ninja Turtle games ever made, especially Turtles in Time. Mm-hmm. Four, four turtles, four characters is perfect. I mean, there's still a lot going on on screen, but it's just manageable enough. Now, when I played, I, I played with like five characters max. We had a six one pop in every once in a while, but it was just chaotic. And we had one character, but I do love the roster of characters. So it's not just the four turtles. It's the four turtles plus April Splinter. And you unlock Casey Jones once you beat the main story mode. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great because there's there's obviously more characters in Ninja Turtles and more heroes in Ninja Turtles than just the turtles. Oh They're the gosh. main of course. But I would love to play the game as April O'Neil. I think that's fun. Yeah. I would love to play as Splinter, even though I know because when I played arcade mode with a with a bunch of randos, I heard that one person who was playing a Splinter constantly charge up their super and you would hear Splinter go, boom every 10 seconds and that got real annoying real quick oh i i immediately felt that too like after after the six of us like beat a little area all six people would be doing their taunts so i'm donatello who's the best turtle uh he'd be playing his little game like give me a second and then like splinter's like ohm and the other turtle's like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i'm just like oh this is awful oh my god um so that is a little drawback um like sometimes they won't you won't hear you just see the animation yeah but then there are other times because I remember when I was playing with Fanny in story mode, I would hear because she was playing as Raphael. I was playing as Leonardo. FYI, Leonardo is my favorite. I love playing as him. Um, I also love how the turtles have different like Dontella has more range, but he doesn't hit as hard. Whereas Leonardo is the more bound, the most balanced of all the turtles. And the most OP one is Casey Jones because oh, yeah. every turtle has six um, points in their stra- in their stats. Casey has seven. So yeah. he's technically the air quotes OP one. He's awesome. But of course, he's the one you unlock at the end of story mode. So, okay, no harm, no foul. The thing, the thing that, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a casual fan of the turtles. I grew up liking them and stuff, but I didn't realize how many bad guys these guys had. And I, I wasn't going to beat the game last night, but every time a a level ended and I fought a new boss, I'm like, oh, that's new. I didn't know that was a turtle. I didn't know that there was like, this isn't a spoiler for the game. These are just like, this is like, you know, turtle lore at this point. There's evil turtles from other dimensions. There's robo turtles. There's, there's the, the, there's the punk frogs. I didn't know who, I didn't know the punk frogs existed. There's an entire subgroup of other, of frog Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle characters, but they're frogs. And I'm like, I didn't know any of this existed. You have the bunch of Triceratops from the yeah. Terratron and the Terrasop Empire or whatever. But of course, my favorite villain was Tempestra, was Tempestra I knew who it. is an evil villainess from a video game knockoff of Tempest. She, she, yeah, she, she's the boss of the arcade what? level. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, of course, I fight her. I'm like, hold up. Where was she? Because like you, Ryan, I was a casual fan of Ninja Turtles. I watched the TV show whenever I could. I had, a, I had one VHS tape with like two episodes of Ninja Turtles on it. So those are the only two episodes of Ninja Turtles I knew. It was the one where they find a robot from space and where Splinter and Shredder switch bodies. Oh, that's, that's it. 
Yeah. I've never seen any. I've seen like maybe the first few episodes of Ninja Turtles, but after that, I don't. I just like knew them through osmosis. I'm like, there's Bebop, there's Rocksteady. I saw the Michael Bay films. That's it. Yeah, I yeah. like the Ninja Turtles. I like the Ninja Turtles quite a bit, but I'm not like ingrained in Turtles lore. And I'm playing this game. I'm seeing all these different bad guys. I'm like, who the hell is this Southern Alligator guy with the accent? Who is he? Yeah, this yeah. is a fun fight, but who the hell is he? Uh, so many, so many uh, uh, wildly cool, cool characters. Um, and I love, I'll be honest, I think the final boss isn't very good, to be honest. It's Shredder's Super Revenge, friend. so like I'm not going to say, but you yeah. can guess who the final boss is. I don't like that boss fight very much. It's very, it's an, it's, you're not very active during it. You're kind of more just defensive, and I don't really like it. I love the fight before that with the big enemy. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to spoil that because yeah. that's actually really cool. That's I don't an want awesome to spoil fight. either, but that, that fight was really fun because once you, I will spoil this, you fight Shredder twice in the game. Yeah. The first time you fight Shredder is a really fun fight. That's awesome. I love it. Second time is, you're right, It's he's very OP and it's just like, what the damn hell. But the fight that's in between Shredder and final boss Shredder, I'm not going to say. Yeah. Is that was actually one of my, that was my favorite boss fight. Because what's, what's good is, uh, I was playing as Donatello, so I have the most range. So there's a part where no one else can reach him except for me, and I do my long attack. So I was able to beat him when the others couldn't. And I'm like, oh, the range, the stick, the stick. The bow staff, yeah. Bow staff. That's I saw a really great the fan theory of why uh, Mesh and Splinter gave each of the turtles their weapons because it's opposite their personality and they have to learn stuff. But anyways, we're, we're going on a tangent, but Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, I still definitely want to play with you guys. I still think it's an amazing arcade beat-em-up. The pixel art is amazing. Tribute knocked it out of the park with this game. Yeah. I mean, there are some complaints I have, especially with the multiplayer and like the absolute chaos and hearing the ohm or or deep rest with with a leonardo because that's yeah. his um taunt but i also i do love seeing dontel plays a little game boy yeah that always makes me laugh uh yeah i really look forward to playing that with you guys for basement arcade speaking of mm -hmm. things that we play for basement arcade ryan and i have played uh up to the third mission story of aliens fireteam elite two oh, and three we were played earlier this year that's true um They'll be on the Basement Arcade feed soon. It just takes a little more time to edit because uh, I'm I'm putting together two and three different screens depending on which episode we're talking about. Multicam. Um, so that's going to take just a little bit, but uh, they'll be up soon. And um, we recently played the third story mission, and Aliens Fire Team Elite is awesome. Um, visually, there's so much going on, especially in that third mission. Um, it's all very Prometheus inspired. Oh yeah, tons of engineer shit. Um, you're hitting um, the squishy buttons. You're hitting. Yeah, if you remember Prometheus, like they have a weird technology. Um, yeah, the thing. Oh, excuse me. The thing about the game is like. We talk about like games where, where the creators obviously have love for the property, and it is clear that this team who made this game loves Alien and everything around it. Um, every uh, there's four mission, there's four like campaign levels, and then there's like three missions in, in each level. Mm -hmm. um, and all of them are are varied and cool, and all there's different enemies for every mission, and like there are enemies that are like from like the lore that haven't appeared in the movies, like a or toys or toys. Like that like, was the most recent one we we encountered in New Xeno. That's uh, a giant a, rhino, a big white toy. <laughs> Yeah, there's like there's like there's uh there's like engineer looking ones, there's giant rhinoceros ones, there's ones that spit acid at you. Like there's so many varieties. You fight you fight the zombie men from Prometheus mm -hmm. uh in like horde mode style. Um 
and they're just, real strong. And they're real strong. Yeah, it's a and oh, the God. sense of danger becomes so real at times where you're just like, oh, is, are we about to all die right now? Uh, it's very tense at times. It's very fun. I love the different loadouts you can do. You can customize your own character how you want. Do you remember mm-hmm. the name they gave to the creepy crawlies? Chiggers. Chiggers. Yeah. It's a bad. It's a real. So it's a real word. Yeah. It is a real word. It's a not a word I like saying ever. Yeah. Uh, the ch- the chiggers are little like spider xenomorph creatures that uh, come after you. Yeah, they're called chiggers, and every time they say it, I'm like, it sounds you're, sounds like you're about to say a bad word, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. It, um, it sounds like another word that we that we should not or that we cannot it, and should not say. It's 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 it is a real word. It is it is it is apt for what they are i just don't like the word um it's it's a, been a lot of fun i'm i'm deeply looking forward to playing more getting into the the fourth and final story mission that we're about to head into soon all of this mm. will go to basement arcade uh we play with brandon our friend from from the fake podcast but also like uh it feels like there is fun for replayability there is a uh, reason to play with especially with friends again this is another one where i feel like but you've talked about playing solo which i haven't done yeah um with the uh 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 i i, I uh, not average Joe's. No, I think that's it. Average Joe's. No, that's, yeah. that's average. Isn't that from uh, Dodgeball? <laughs> I gotta think about it. For um, a second. Working Joe's. Working Joe's. So if you play with AI, you get two robot companions. You get the dr- basically droids from like the Alien franchise, but like the earlier versions where they're like they look like white synthetic robots. Closer, closer to uh, isolation. Yeah, Alien isolation. Yeah, you played isolation. You saw those. You saw those robots. They killed you a couple times, I think. I think so. It's once again, it's been a while. It's, it's yeah. been it's been a couple years, yeah. But um, the AI is really good, and I was worried that like they would just like get me killed or do nothing. But like they're actually like really good, and they they do the job that they're that you're given to, like depending on the role and stuff. Um, yeah, really good. The thing that I like about it, the more the more that I played of it by myself, and it wasn't a lot, but I just wanted to experience it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have challenge cards, um, and there are positive challenge cards and negative challenge cards, right? So the positives are like, oh, you get double armor, right? Or you get double health, or you get double experience. But then there's negative ones where like. You have half health, but you gain double the experience because of it. Or mm-hmm. you have half as much ammo, but it hits twice as hard. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, it makes you experiment. Anyways. Oh, there's one that gives you basically um, um, shaky cam, like, uh, old-school vision, like a 70s movie. So it looks like you're playing, like, an old-school, like, 70s movie as you're playing the game. And it just changes the aesthetic. Um, there's, like, a black-and-white mode. Uh, there, and, like, there's some ones that, like... It'll turn all the basic enemies into harder enemies, but you get, like, triple the experience. So there's so many ways to customize the way you want to play it if you want a harder challenge or an easier challenge. Uh, it's all of there. Um, it's really good. And and very much to the point, I want to say, like, whenever you do get to it, Ben, um, even, like, the, the main reason, like, we've been doing it uh, be, because we all had the game, for starters, but because it's also three-player, um, there's a different, similar kind of game that's four-player that we're, we're hoping to do for Basement Arcade later this year, and you know which one that is. Um, we'll, we'll get there. It's it has a four in it, Ben. Um, and uh, so but whenever you do get a chance to do Fireteam Elite, I would love to play through the missions with you. I'm sure Ryan would, too. Like it's, it's I'm sure Brandon would, honestly, like that. Wonderfully replayable. Yeah. Wonderful time. Uh, I would love to see you go through it at some point. Um, that that's something that uh, we, we we could do later. And it's not it's not uh, this is not in like a like where we like to p- put spooky games on you. There's an atmosphere of like, but it's more about being overwhelmed than it is about like right, being right. scaring you. Uh, definitely like some of them can get the jump on you and that's spooky and surprising but like uh it's definitely more aliens than alien yeah it's it's more yeah exactly like alien isolation is more like alien this is more like aliens uh your mic just cut it your mic's been cutting out a lot today but i because i could did not hear the last five seconds of what spark said oh that's a bummer maybe it's because we're talking over each other maybe we did that last time though and it was mm. fine. we'll have to figure yeah. that out later but yeah. uh alien isolation is alien 
Alien Fire Chains Elite is aliens. More action-based. So you, you, you'll have a good time with it. And then uh, one other game we played together, uh, Multiverses. The beta, oh. the alpha, actually, the oh, alpha test right. for multiverses, right. which we talked a, a pretty decent amount on the uh, fake nerd podcast. But in case, you know, Basement Arcade Pause has its own audience that doesn't listen to that. Um, multiverses is the Warner Brothers uh, uh, crossover IP brawler that's inspired very much by Super Smash Brothers. It's very much based in that that DNA. And it's awesome. And it's wild because when we first heard about it, we immediately wrote it off. Yeah, um, we were wrong. It is. It plays brilliantly it plays so good like if you like smash then you can come in and immediately bring your smash skills into it uh but the thing that separates it like like smash has good character design but i would call most of those character designs like safe like you got a guy with a sword you shoot stuff it's kind of basic there are a couple of crazy characters like like the villager or or other character like or like the pikmin character but like every character in multiverses is unique and, like, different than any other fighting game I've ever played. Like, some of the moves that you do, I'm like, this is so creative and inventive. And it's also, again, like, uh, uh, talking about people who bring love to the thing. Like, so much love and attention uh, to every character is there. Like, the, the deepest lore stuff of, like, Uncle Shagsworth being a skin for Shaggy. And it's his voice as well. So it's like, oh, hello, indubitably. Yeah, they change, they change his uh, persona, his, his presentation. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really impressive how they do that. Um, I, I was a Finn, Finn main from, uh, from Adventure Time. He's got a great sword. He has a shop where after you hit enough enemies, you collect coins, and then you go into a shopping menu to buy armor or buy BMO for a special attack or boots to make you faster. Um, I know you like to play as... Who'd you like to play as? I really enjoyed Bugs. Bugs, uh, yeah, Bugs, yeah. Bugs was uh, probably my my strongest that I was playing with. It was a probably a balance between Bugs and Garnet and the Tasmanian Devil. I was pretty evenly switching between those three. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like all three of them. I think they're really well-crafted. I, I also really like Harley Quinn. I ended up not playing Harley Quinn a lot just mm-hmm. because like a lot of other people were. Um, but they're all just so good. I think Bugs has so very much the energy of what that character is supposed to have and to see that displayed through the fight is just really really cool bugs can like literally dig under the ground under the stage and trance and like teleport under he draws a safe into existence and it falls into uh into people's or he paints the x he'll do one of the two if he's up in the air he draws the safe and drops it on someone if he's on the ground he paints the x and the safe comes down Uh, i think I think the most unique character I've maybe ever seen in a fighting game, truly, is Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry are in their own episode of television. Tom is trying to kill Jerry in the match. So every time you you have a tennis racket, you try to hit Jerry. If your opponent is there, the opponent gets hit, right? It is like you are trying to attack Jerry the whole time. That is the point of it. But like you got to make sure that Jerry is in the vicinity of the enemy. Uh, Every attack you do is to kill your enemy, but you're also other enemies happen to be there as well. Um, it is so unique and crazy. Um, right, because it's very much like Jerry is, is using the other players, uh, other opponents, to get out of the way of Tom's attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very cute. Tasmanian Devil has a signature spin attack, which, she, which is, like, so overpowered. He's mm-hmm. so crazy. Um, Superman, <laughs> Superman is, like, he, he plays exactly how you would imagine Superman would be. He's, like, he's like slow but powerful. Um, he has incredibly like strong attacks, but like you're, he, once you start a combo, you can't stop. Uh, so like that makes him like more like a bruiser. Batman's very technical. You can throw bombs, throw batarangs. You can like uh, use your uh, your uh, boomerang or the uh, grappling hook thing to go towards enemies. Uh, Arya. 
Arya, oh my god, Arya could have just been a sword fighter. But they incorporate her her face the the faceless thing into her character, so she takes she's like um she's like Shang Tsung where she steals your moves and like you can turn or Kirby in, or Kirby like Kirby exactly yeah. yeah like well she will take on your persona so if you want a special attack for a specific thing you can use it. Wow. Yes. Okay, so another game I actually did play very briefly since we're talking about these brawlers and these Smash clones is uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Oh, it yeah. was for free on PlayStation Plus, and it became free on PlayStation Plus the day after voice acting was finally added to the game. That's so funny. Which, fun fact, I actually know why they added they didn't have voice acting when the game first came out. It was because Nickelodeon wasn't forcing the money to them. We didn't give them enough money so they can hire sure. the voice actors to voice lines for it. So... Blame that on Nickelodeon, not the developers, because developers tried. Oh, yeah. And I will say that the the game is fun. There are, I think, my best character that I was playing, because it, it takes a while, because when you're used to Smash, when you played Smash Bros. for so long, it's hard because you're trying to do, like, certain moves. Like, I was hitting the, my analog step up to jump. That's not the jump button, unfortunately. Same in so, versus. Hmm. Yeah, so you have to really get used to the new controls. But once you get used to the controls, it's really fun. I wasn't really good on how the items aren't the best or that's really hard to play as the items, but I can definitely tell you the two characters that I was really good at was Toph and Korra. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We tried playing as, I tried playing as Nigel, and then when I got the game, um, uh, like Garfield was a free character, Shredder was a free character, like a bunch of the Turtles characters were free. But then of course it's like, hey, ex-Jenny from My Life as a Teenage Robot is here, but she's paid DLC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn it, because that's one of my favorite shows on Nickelodeon. I absolutely love Jenny. I mean, $5 isn't much, because especially since I paid nothing for this game. Yeah. But I'm not, because I only touched it, Fanny and I only played it the one night, and we haven't went back to it since. Sure. So I probably won't fork over the money for it. I just need some more time with it. I don't think it's a bad game. It's still pretty fun. We're just like going around with the characters, but there are things with the UI that aren't really very well streamlined. Oh man. Um, it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's still fun, but it's still not like, it's not the best. If that makes sense. Talking about UI, you know, a game has incredible UI is multiverses. Yeah. The is presentation what? Well, is, is what I didn't hear. The, the presentation in multiverses is insane. It's Multiverse. so it's okay. so good. The, the UI, the uh, uh, just the menu oh. itself. It's it's it honestly reminds me a lot of Fortnite, but I think that's that's to a benefit. Um, like uh, if you and the battle pass system is so good for each character, like it makes you want to play the game more because like you not only just unlock costumes and emotes, but like you gain a voice pack where if you play long enough that the announcer turns into your character. So instead of just the announcer going hello, it's like mine was Finn going Zabaduda, like just, just random shit. Um, I can't imagine what Taz sounds like. It's just like <laughs> the whole time. He says he says a couple. Of words, he says a couple. But like that was a good Taz impression. Thank you. Um, I think that's one of the things that like just write out right uh, third person perspective because I haven't touched it myself, but like All Star Brawl Nickelodeon's game seems like what I feared multiverses would be, um, kind of just like a, a kind of an easy cash in for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. the, the voice acting certainly has like stepped things up, but the thing is like multiverses. This was alpha test, not even beta, and it's already a game I want to play more. Um, and I can't even imagine how much better it's gonna get. Uh, it's they they've lovingly crafted the characters both from movie set to the voice actors coming and playing their characters whether it's macy williams as Arya stark or matthew lillard as um shaggy 
as Shaggy or Kevin Conroy as Batman, um, you have the voice actors, at least someone who has touched these roles in some property at some point is voicing these characters. And they're so thoughtful about how they include what they say, how they interact with each other. Garnet gives Superman crap for being a, a Kryptonian um, and uh, being a weak Kryptonian and like all this kind of stuff. Um, it's so wonderful to hear them play with each other, to engage with them. Their moves are so stylistic. Uh, Velma calls the cops <laughs> on you uh, and a cop car comes and knocks you around and traps you in, in the cop vehicle and tries to take you off the map. Like that's just, that's just so creative and, and visually it's so wonderfully animated. This is like, we're talking like the Fortnite level of thoughtfulness as far as like visually what they're presenting. It's not the same graphics, but it is as thoughtful about rendering these characters beautifully. And I just don't see that when I look at the all-star brawl. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm super happy that they added voices to All-Star Brawl, but it's only just a few lines and grunts and not much else. Thankfully, um, I'm one of the cardinal. I was going to say that a cardinal sin when it first came out is when you play as Nigel Thornberry, you can't hear him go smashing. That's one of his attacks. Thankfully, that's there now. And you hear him say smashing, which I mean, come on. It's Nigel freaking Thornberry. If sure. he doesn't say smashing, what are you even doing? But what I will say that I'm definitely going to give credit to multiverses. It's just even though I haven't, I wasn't able to play it. But if there is an open beta, I'm definitely going to play it now. Yes. Is when um, Ryan, you were saying you were playing as Bugs and you were fighting Arya. You knock Arya off the stage and you hear Bugs go, "Remember the North now," <laughs> just like giving her shit. And I'm like, if everyone, if if Warner Brothers is able to do this much love for, because. Yes, like we said, we wrote multiverses off when we first saw the trailer. It's like, oh, great. This is just another Warner Brothers Space Jam cash grab. This is mm -hmm. going to be like, hey, look at all the IP we have. But then you get shit like that where characters interact with each other. I mean, Smash Bros. I don't think Smash Bros. can really interact with each other because of all the different characters and all the different IPs. That's just way too much. We're happy with what we got. But with this, since everything is in-house for Warner Brothers, it's like, Wow. I kind of want to hear Arya give shit to Superman. That's I want to hear Garnet talk tactics with Batman. And I want Scooby-Doo to stare at, or I want um, Bugs Bunny to stare at Tom and Jerry. He's like, huh, that seems familiar. And just has flashbacks with fighting Elmer Bud. That's that's actually a really good point. All of it being in-house allows them to just do whatever they want with having without having to go to the legal teams of other departments. And yeah. stuff. It's like, it's all just, it's all there, baby. I mean, hell, look at all the legal problems, or not the legal problems, look at all the shit that um, that Nintendo, Sora, and HAL Laboratories had to go through to get Sora. And when I meant Sora the first time, I meant the company Sora, not to get Sora from Kingdom Hearts into the game. Sure. Like, the only thing Disney was allowed, was budging on, was his was Sora's keychain in the Kingdom Hearts. There's no other, like, when you go into the, his stage in the game, and you go to his tower on for... Like, you know, his, like, Divine Tower in, like, what I'm calling Kingdom Hearts, the stained yeah. glass thing? Mm -hmm. You don't see Donald and Goofy. Yeah. It's only the... Donald and Goofy are replaced with a Palpu Foot and a Raft. That's it. <laughs> only the Square characters, only the Final Fantasy characters, or the Kingdom Hearts characters are represented. There's no Disney representation outside of the keychain. Right. Not on that Not on that platform. Uh -uh. Yeah. Nope. Uh, but it's very true. Like, multiverses is... is there. There's so much 
love and attention to these uh, franchises, especially like it, it's very noticeable with like the classic cartoons like Scooby-Doo and uh, Tom and Jerry and the Looney Tunes, the fact that they have really thought about how to integrate them with these other characters. And so this is going to be one of my favorite fighting games. Yeah, I know this. I know this. Yeah. I can't wait for the roster that they're going to unveil over time. Oh, man, I'm I'm excited for the beta test that's coming later this summer. I'm excited for its impending release. I can't wait for us to play this together. Beta in a few weeks. Yeah. Oh, all right. So we're going a little long. I know we have one other game, but we also want to talk about some big news stories, unless you have want to talk more about multiverses. No, no, that was it. All right, cool. So we all have some news stories that I mean, obviously, we're doing we can't go over everything from the half of the year because we would be here forever. And unfortunately, I'm out of the time limit. No, you're right. good. But we all have something that we want to talk about. And there is one thing I do want to talk. There's two things I will mention very briefly. One of these has been covered by so many other people. You can look them up online. So many people have a lot more details than I do. And another is kind of near and dear to my heart because this is, of course, something we've known about. But even then, Nintendo is kind of being a bit of a dick about it. Mm -hmm. The first thing I want to talk about is essentially the near implosion of the Intellivision Amico. Do you guys know what the Intellivision Amico is by any chance? Yeah, but explain it for our audience. Yes. Well, so for those of you who do not know what the Intellivision Amico is, it was essentially a brand new console that was the brainchild of one Tommy Tallarico. If that name does not ring a bell, he touts himself as a a legendary composer, but really his main credits in the video game world was he was a composer for Earthworm Jim, the 16-bit games for the SNES and and the Sega Genesis. Now... The thing about this is that there have been consoles before the Intellivision Amico that have essentially been labeled as scams and vaporware in the retro game community. One that comes to mind right now is the Coleco Chameleon. Now, that is a whole other story. I would highly recommend looking that up on YouTube. I'm a YouTuber by the name of Lady Decade. She did a really good 20-minute long video of talking about the, the Coleco Chameleon. Essentially, someone wanted to create a console that harkens back to the age of the ColecoVision, which was a console in the Atari era, the very early era of home console video games. And essentially, they found out that they stole a bunch of parts from a from a SNES, and they were trying to sell it off as their own thing, which it never and also never came to be, and also turned out to be one big scam. The Intellivision Amico is very much looking like it's going that route as it being an absolute scam. Um, yeah. Also. And it's not just the fact that they weren't able to bring that. This thing was originally um, intended for release in October of 2020. We all know that 2020 was the the height of the coronavirus pandemic. So many things went wrong with the supply chain, with, with the chip shortage. It was just one thing after another. So they delayed it back. Understandable. They delayed it again. Also understandable. And now there is still no release date, and it's been well over two years, almost two years since the initial release date. But the other thing that's plaguing the Intellivision Miko, unfortunately, was Tommy Tallarico and how he was not receiving criticism well. There was an Ars Technica article that came out when the Miko was announced, essentially not saying that this could not be a real thing, instead of taking that criticism and saying, and, you know, just like letting it go and saying, hey, we'll show them by actually releasing said product. Tommy goes and attacks all of the people who are naysayers on this product, particularly the hosts of the CU podcast, Pat Contry and Ian Ferguson. They are the quite, as far as I know, the biggest um, ones who like dive in. There is also who dive in about the Amico and say, this is the evidence. This is proof that this is not coming out. But then you have those who are, who are still like 
this thing is going to happen who attack people that who essentially attack the naysayers. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy was eventually booted out as CEO, and now someone else is taken has taken the reins. He unfortunately had ties with the Caligo Chameleon back in the day, so. There is just so much crap. Kotaku actually came out with an article. It's up on their website right now, which I think is a hilarious title. And it came out on June 6th called The Intelligent Amico is in Deep Shit. I am not joking. That is the actual name of the title of the article. <laughs> and it just and it just goes on on how badly the Amico is doing. And they even come out with the um, with an email that the current CEO, Phil Adam, Gave to the current backers who are still backing this thing because they have gotten a bunch of refund requests and those refund requests aren't being met. Essentially, the Amico went through a few crowdfunding campaigns, pulled out of two of them. There was an SEC filed. uh, There was an SEC document that came to light that shows how badly the Amico was in debt and essentially how much of salary the head honchos are getting. And right now they're trying to get money from people so essentially they can pay their refunds and it's just a whole giant mess and i'm thinking this thing is dead this thing i feel it has been dead for the longest time and i pray and i hope people who ask for their refunds are getting the refunds but at the same time this has bad shit written all over it from day one yeah um this is a this is a, a trend uh, that's been happening aggressively for like the last decade or so. You guys know the artist Soldier Boy? Soldier yeah. Boy up there? Oh, yeah. Oh, Soldier yeah. Boy. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I listened to quite a few YouTube videos about this, and God damn. So, yeah, there are tons of people who, one, try to scam, but to try to scam um, earnest people who love video games. Uh, and they're like, hey, you don't need a new PlayStation. Buy the Soldier Boy console. It plays every game you'd ever want ever. It's totally fine. It's like, or or he made like a retro system or like a, he made like a fake little PSP and that's just repurposing other people's technology into his own. That is a Not big, that. that is a big thing in like, um in like uh, 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 other markets. It's like, just like repurposing, right. repackaging things for other things. What Soldier Boy was selling, he was selling illegal bootleg systems from China. Yeah. And just repurposing it and slapping a Soldier Boy sticker on it and also marking the prices up because a lot of those systems that he was selling were from China and they were all Famiclones. They were bootleg systems of essentially that played hacked ROMs of NES games, maybe yeah. a few other games here and there, but they were not good games. They were god off. There's like it's the kind of thing you see at the swap meet where you're yes. walking through and you and you see a freaking thing that's like the game station. It looks like a PlayStation, but God help you if you were to get it because that thing is not PlayStation. It's like plays 100 games and it's like plays Mario, plays Sonic, plays Final Fantasy, and I'm like, oh yeah, this and is a, this is a ripoff. I don't want I don't want to give I don't want to throw shade because there a few years ago Brandon got me this really thoughtful gift. It was a portable. Um, it was a portable battery for your cell phone, mm-hmm. but it was also in the style of a Game Boy, and it had a bunch of retro games on it. You know this is bad when it says retro style games on it, because you know it's all family clones, and then you know there's things like this plays like 500 games. It only plays like maybe 50, and they repeat. Yeah, that's the and thing. They, that's the thing about those 500 game things. 400 of them are the same game. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh-huh, they are. Now, I mean, not to knock on Brandon, because it was a very thoughtful gift, because he yeah. knows I love retro video games. I'm a nostalgic bitch for a reason. And it was a very thoughtful, but also the product itself was a piece of crap, because when I finally charged it up to try and plug it in to charge my phone, it wouldn't charge my phone. Sure. And this was sold by Typo, so 
damn it, typo, get on your quality assurance. But yeah, going back to the, the television Amico, one other major thing about the Amico, they were touting about how it's the biggest red, the, the first red flag for the, the Amico was that they sold the games, the, phys, the physical games before the console ever released. Oh. They're telling that there are physical games, but really it's just, if you buy a physical um, Intelligent Amico game, it's just a tiny little card that's resembling the Intellivision cards that came out for the original Intellivision back in the early 80s. But there's an RF, um, RFID signal in it, and you're supposed to take that card and tap it, and it takes you to our URL. It's this whole oh. insane thing, and it's just like, why would you do this? I get you want to prove that you have physical media, but this isn't physical media. This is just me taking me to another thing. And people were saying that you can just go, if these are sold in stores, you can take an RFID scanner and essentially steal all the games as you walk by. And then boom, you got all the games. You didn't pay a cent for them. And one other thing about it is that they came out with this, um, this very like eye opening poster where it had, a, I can't, um, it was on their Twitter for a while. I'm only assuming they took it down. They, I could be wrong, but they had the NES, the SNES, the Genesis, the Xbox, the Xbox 360, the Switch, a few other systems that say complicated. And the Amico was not complicated, which is utter bullshit. Yeah. Because they're touting this as, and also they're constantly touting this as a family friendly console. There's no blood, there's no this. And there's, it's like, if you want blood and violence, go buy a Switch. That is a quote from Tommy Tallarico himself. He said something to that effect on an interview, and it's just Nintendo. Not, Nintendo famously, famously known for their blood and gore. It's it's nuts. I mean, I get that you want a family-friendly console, but the way that you play games, and so many people have who have touched this console said this console is doomed. It's not a good console. And there's even a, an unboxing video that's already been debunked saying that this was a prototype that was already shown around all over the place. So this thing, it, I want to say, if you really want to look into it, there are a bunch of videos on YouTube. I highly recommend the ones from CU Podcast. They, they do not mince their words. They are very vocal. They're very vitriolic about it. But I, it's not from a place of pure – I can only assume it doesn't start at a place of pure malice, but they have been attacked about their opinions about this before. Mm -hmm. And ours Technica writers have also been attacked about this product. Watch and this. as a white – that's just insecure, yeah. insecure people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I can and I hope the people who who requested a refund get their money um, or else lawsuits are going to hit hard. Yeah. It's just a whole bunch of absolute stuff. That's just every time this thing comes out, it's like this thing's never going to come out. I mean, if it does out, does come out good. But at the same time, everything that leads up to this release has been absolute tarnished. Yeah. In a sense tarnished that's a good way he's been that's so funny <laughs> thank you um it's and honestly at this point in the year of our lord 2022 if you want to play old famicom games there are so many ways to do it especially mm -hmm. if you like i live on the internet i spoiler alert can play every single game that's ever come out before the year 2010 on my pc at any time i want literally any time i want it's just the, the technology is available and i understand wanting it to you know oh i want like the old school way of doing it but like if you're not gonna, if you're gonna be shitty about it, then like no one's gonna, well, no one's gonna go to it. And like, not, not the, oh, mm. I was oh, sorry, sorry, Sparks, but also the the Amico games are touted as newer games, and Intellivision used to be was originally a creation. I want to say Mattel, because Mattel and Hasbro both got into the um, 
they both got into the the console market back in the early 80s. The top three were actually the Atari 2600, the Intellivision, and the ColecoVision. Mm -hmm. But the I want to say the Intellivision was in third place, but you there's really no audience for the Intellivision anymore. That's the thing. It's been yeah. well almost 50 years. Like today, as of this recording, this is Atari's 50th anniversary. This is when Pong first came out for the Atari twenty for the, for like the Atari, Atari made their name today. What what I, what it is is like is is the, the the market for it is so small, so the people yeah. are hungry for it, right? So when somebody like a Tommy comes and is like, "Hey, I'm going to give you what you want," they immediately latch onto it. But but the service isn't good, and that's just a shame to the people who want it. And it's yeah, they, oh, so it's go ahead, part. It's part of the problem that, like, all the companies, like, we've talked about them, whether it's Nintendo, whether it's PlayStation, whatever, they're not interested in bringing forward games of the past. Mm -hmm. You know, like, these big companies are just not providing genuine direct support, <clears throat> excuse me, whether that's, like, on the Switch or whatever, for play these games as, they, as, as you want to mm -hmm. on your modern consoles. Like, the only one that's even kind of attempting that is xbox yeah um and then everything else is just kind of like uh we're gonna find all these like workarounds and we're not gonna put the work in we're not gonna bring the quality to you we're gonna you know like whether it's the playstation plus uh, uh new tiers that have the uh not good versions of old games being able to access them uh, like backwards compatibility has just not been treated seriously and as long as the companies are unwilling to like cater to that market of demand then people are able to get into the cracks and say hey we're just gonna we're just gonna scam you yeah yeah the thing is the there is a, a plug-and-play system for the intellivision that's been made by at games and at games, for those of you who do not know, they make essentially very crap. I would call them very crappy emulation machines because I had a Sega Genesis one back in the day, and this was before the Sega Genesis Mini came out. And six-button controller, cool, but it was infrared wireless controllers, and the sound emulation was just god-awful. Like, you turn that thing, you, it was composite. And there was an HDMI one that came out. I don't know if that was any better, but until Sega finally said, no, we're going to officially make this uh, our own thing, leaps and bounds better. Like the only thing that the At Games one had going for it was you can plug in your original Genesis games, but still it wasn't a good system for it. These sounds still sound like absolute garbage. Yeah. And there is an Intellivision one. And I was thinking, it's like, if you want to, now that Intellivision is technically its own company, kind of, just make a really good version of an Intellivision flashback and just like, hey, here's all of the Intellivision-owned games, the not-licensed ones, and here you go. It's HDMI-compatible. Here's a really good system. You don't have to make a whole brand-new system for it. There, If you're touting that the Intellivision flashback, which you can go to like five below and get it for five or maybe 20 bucks, outsold the NES Classic Edition, if you're saying that, then it's like, Okay, first of all, why do you need a new system? And B, I'm also calling bullshit because we all know how much the NES Classic sold. So that sucker sold hotcakes. People the, want that. The thing is, is that they're they're trying to they're trying to bring old school gaming into the modern sensibilities, where people who want to play in television games don't care about it being online in a brand new system that's like connected to the internet. They just want to play games that are 40 years old. They're not interested in the RFI chip baloney. They just want to, they want that like PlayStation Classic, NES Classic. Just give me the games that I played before. And they're making it so much more complicated than just giving you a box for some reason. It's also, 
it's also they're... preying upon a generation of people who like they they want there's a lot of people who want to play these classic games and they are not internet savvy yeah you know like so they can't do the things that you're talking about where like they know how to like safely navigate their way on a pc to be able to play these games that they just want to like have that that taste of nostalgia and they can't do that so they are at the the prey of these uh players who are going to take advantage of what they want mm-hmm yeah so i mean also they keep telling about how special the controllers are there's the controllers are essentially cell phones in a way <laughs> which if you're saying like this is an easy not complicated console i'm sorry but you put someone who's over 50 who doesn't who's like i remember the days in television now those were good days you put a cell phone in their hand they're gonna go how do i work this you know nine times out of ten. i mean of course there's those outliers who do know who are up and up with today's technology but at the same time i feel that this is this whole system is going to crash and burn and it's essentially they dug their own graves. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that the CEO, former CEO of Intellivision was going after people and going after critics and naysayers and visually attacking them. There are screenshots on Twitter. There are people who have documented Tommy's attacks about people saying negative things about the Amico abound. If you have that, and not only that, you continue with more tomfuckery as well with even trying to go into NFTs. They were trying to sell Earthworm Jim NFTs. Yep. And thanks to the completionist, the creator of Earthworm Jim has apparently said some very homophobic and transphobic things. And I'm like, hmm, I wasn't a huge fan of Earthworm Jim before. Now I'm even less so of a fan. That's a not to say that I do remember the, the old cartoon back in the day being fun. But I'm not going to rush and run because a new Earthworm Jim is out. That's just one of those things I remember from the 90s. Uh, There's something to be said about uh, attacking people who are critical of you. Generally means that they're right about something. Because Mm -hmm. if you had a good product, you would go, I don't don't even need to, to talk to these people. I know what I have is good. But clearly, that's not the case. And he's defensive about it. So I agree. I think... uh, good idea at first but they just they tackled it in such a stupid way just just give us a box that plays old games that's all anyone would ever want for something that's like that's old school like that you know it's not it's not a ps5 yeah no it's not it's not but anyways moving on from the television the other news i wanted to highlight was the nintendo 3ds eShop and the wii u eShop. Mm-hmm. those are closing officially next year however by the time of this recording, um, I don't know exactly when this is coming out, so we still have a little bit of time. You have until the end of August, August 31st, I believe, to add funds to your Nintendo, to your Wii U and your Nintendo 3DS wallets straight to with the use of gift cards. But until then, after August, you only have a year left to download any games, get free updates, because by August of next year, of 2023, or about March either March or August, I can't remember exactly when, but next year is when the 3DS is going to be cut off and done completely. Now, we all knew this was going to happen since the Switch came out. The 3DS was discontinued, I want to say, in 2018. But my biggest gripe with Nintendo about this is that, okay, you're giving us some time to download and and get digital games. There's a lot of 3DS tiles, physical, that are very expensive, so now we have a chance to get them. However, if you're giving us until next year to get them, why the damn hell are you giving us a time limit to add funds? Because unfortunately, a lot of people, myself included, 
don't have the funds available or the disposable income available to add to our wallets. For sure. So a friend of mine did say that there is a, a workaround that if you have your 3DS linked to your Switch, you can have your Switch wallet, your um, you can add money through your Switch. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. okay, cool. But at the same time, Nintendo, give me the option to continue adding money straight from my credit card or even just give me or just through the gift cards. I'll jump through the hoop of buying of going to the store and buying a gift card and adding funds through there. Fine. But at least let me do this up until the actual day you close the service. It is. Yeah, it is an extremely baffling decision. I understand. Especially because they'll just make money. Yeah, I, I, I understand cutting, cutting, you know, the 3DS is old, the Wii U is old. Like, they're not systems a lot of people use. I get it. It's taking up bandwidth that they don't necessarily need to use. But giving you two separate different things of we're cutting it off next year. We can only buy, you can only put money in Three. up to this year. Three, because it's they already cut off credit cards. That was earlier this okay, year. Okay, yeah. They cut off that you could buy directly from the eShop with credit cards. Now it's just with gift cards. That's so dumb. And you need to have those funds in before the end of August, which is the date I was double checking just to be sure, Ben. Um, yeah, was it the 31st or was it the 20th? It's August 29th. Damn it. Is the last day that you can put your funds in that can be used for the eShop up until March next year. Odd. And it's just confusing. I even understand kind of the gift card one ending earlier, Mm -hmm. but the credit card one, I'm like, why don't you just let people spend money up until the last moment? Why? Why is there like six months where it's just like limbo? I honestly don't know. Maybe it's for collectors who bought physical games. They want to get the deal or they have funds in it. But that's the thing, because if you want to get stuff for like some games, some 3DS games do require updates, patches, especially if it's a brand new game you just bought or used one, whatever. But at the same time, I mean, I understand closing the server. It's an old, like Ryan said, it's an older system. It's we knew this was going to be on death's door for a while. I'm still happy that Nintendo supported for as long as they did. But there's still some great 3DS titles out there that physical are very expensive. We we you also. Yeah, the Wii U especially. Um, I was also I was really thinking about saving up and buying a Wii U because a lot of the game because you can only buy GBA games digitally on the Wii U. You can't do it on the 3DS. Even the new 3DS doesn't have the power. They say it doesn't have the power for it, even though it's bullshit because they put Samus, they put Metroid Fusion on there for the Ambassador program. That's neither here nor there. Current currently, it's like the best way to purchase Metroid Prime. Honestly. Yeah, the Metroid it's Prime the, Trilogy is on the Wii U eShop, and you can just get in. It's plays there, and it's, and it's like what twenty bucks, give or take. I know what you're gonna say. Metroid Prime Remaster coming soon. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> but what um, will the quality of that remaster be? Let's hope bad. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope good, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope very good. Let's hope very good. But at the same time, there are there's been a lot of things that nintendo has done where they take a step forward but they also take two steps back and one mm-hmm. of the biggest steps back is it's was deleted like within hours of backlash was on their actual website they said that they had no plans to put their legacy content on other consoles mm-hmm. and there's also that meme that i definitely shared with you guys it's the spongebob meme of the of the the ray villain like you know the manta ray villain from uh mermaid man barco boy giving his wallet to patrick and Matt Patrick's essentially playing Nintendo. It's like, I would like to purchase an eShop game. You have an eShop for the Switch. Put these legacy games on the Switch. And they go, um, and essentially the line said, we have no um, plans to put our legacy content at this time. Also, don't pirate our games. And, you know, we all know the meme. <laughs> We're not so, going to let you buy the games, but also don't pirate the games. Yeah, that was a huge thing of people's. I saw so many memes of people saying it's always morally correct 
to pirate Nintendo games, especially older ones, since Nintendo, they're not making any money off of it anymore. So I I'm truly floored by Nintendo's lack of care for its its history, its own history. Yeah, Uh, I just I don't I don't understand. Of all of all the companies, like they are the oldest one of video games and like like game preservation is such is becoming more and more important as as video game becomes an older media medium uh some of those older games again like some of those like 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 the in television like some of those older games are just gonna get lost to time unless we preserve them i mean look at the uh look no further than um the switch uh next tier up of buying their online service gives you access to these nintendo 64 games but guess what they kind of look like shit yeah. Um, like the uh, they Ocarina, give it to you Ocarina of Time where like people have talked about how bad it is in comparison to like the version you could have played on the GameCube or the Wii. Yeah. Or, or the, the 3DS. 3DS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I don't understand. I, I don't I never will. Their their lack of care for their own legacy is ridiculous. I've, I've lamented this before. I re- believe I was talking to um, Super Nintendo. I was like, hey, Raji, a few episodes back on pause <laughs> menu. And Nintendo has changed since Iwata passed away. Yeah. Like when Iwata was in charge, he was definitely for the gamers because he was a gamer himself. He would say that if when he introduced himself, he would say, I may be the head of the company, but I was a programmer, but I will always and forever be a gamer. Him and Reggie. Yeah, him and Reggie. They knew they understood. I mean, I'm not going to say everything they did was the best, but they definitely knew what to give us. And ever since Iwata passed away, the new head of Nintendo, they have been more profit focused. I mean, they have done some good things. I do agree that, hey, N64 games allowed on the NSO, good step in the right direction. We've been begging this for a long time, but then charging up more money for it and then giving some pretty crappy emulation quality at the very beginning is like, you are digging yourself, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Why are the Genesis games more expensive? There's only one Genesis game on there that's not on my mini, and that's Musha. Mm-hmm. And that's the only one I played. And they're adding more that are still on the Genesis mini, which I'm pretty sure you can still find at Target somewhere. I, it's just, it's very, like, just what you said. It's it's very sad to, like, what happened to the Nintendo that did the work to make the Wii U backwards compatible to the GameCube? Yeah. What happened? Where Again, did we go? And you, you, we brought up Xbox earlier again, but, like, not only... Can you play original Xbox 360 games on your X- on your new Xbox? Original Xbox games, they are boosted and they look better. Mm-hmm. They play better than they originally came out because Xbox is like, hey, we have the technology to just to just boost everything forward. Like, right. there's no reason to go backwards. Right. We, we're not like, when in, in terms of technology, there's no reason to ever be going backwards. Right. And Nintendo is all about just like, oh, let's just not really think about it too much, I guess. I'm like, but you're a technology company. Yeah, not, not only that, Nintendo also is being has been plagued with supply problems up the ass. Um, that, there's an article I've been wanting to write for Go Nintendo about their supply problems and what their and what supply problems they've had in the past. Like, I won't give them a full pass, but I'll understand about the NES Classic because when they brought that out, they thought it was just going to be a cool little novelty for very few diehard Nintendo fans. They, I can only assume, they were not expecting the absolute rush to get those systems when it first came out because mm-hmm. it became the one of the hardest items to find in 2016 and when nintendo put it out they were probably thinking it's like okay yeah this will be a fun little a cool little novelty for a few people they didn't realize how much it sold and that was the one time they said okay we are going to make another one but it's going to take a while because we have a few other projects lined up right. the biggest problem right now is trying to get the n64 switch controllers 
they are constantly sold out on the website and you can only buy those controllers if you're a member of the switch of of the nso service that's lame which i'm mad because i'm a member of this nso service why can't i get a every time i go to buy the product it's all it's constantly sold out sure i want this and it's super hard every time it pops up it's like it's available sells out within seconds uh, like I understand, like uh, uh, like things being you know out of stock or like you know like supply chain stuff, but like um, limiting who can buy certain things limits your profit. And if you are a company that's trying to be profitable, getting getting more people's hands on the on the items that that they want to buy just makes more money. Right. So like not only limiting it to like limiting it to like you have to be part of our service, even then you still not 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 might be able to get it is just totally baffling. Yeah. Like they could yeah. be making so much more money. I mean, I'm paying for the service already. Why not give me quick access to buy this thing? I mean, sure, it's like, hey, it's sold out, but give me like a time window. It's like, hey, if you want to purchase it now, this is the this is the time range when you will get it. Pre-order At least it. give me that option, but there's no option for that. The Steam Deck, the Steam Deck is in is is in supply chain problems, but like you, it's it's like, hey, you can pre-order this game and it'll we you will have it in six to eight months, but like they tell you that. And I'm yeah. like, people don't mind waiting for pre-orders. And like, people pre-order games and D and Blu-rays and all that shit all the time. Like, that is a world we live in. We're like, we pre-buy things because we're excited for it. So like, yeah. give the people the option, uh, and they will they will do it. They will. They will. So, yeah, Nintendo's been Nintendo's been mucking up a little bit, uh, quite a bit. So, yeah, they those are my out, new They did put out Mario Strikers. Though, that Ooh. game looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> they did put Battle League out, and I kind of want to play Battle League. I haven't so, gotten it yet, but I really want to get that because I because my buddy uh, Patrick from the Retro Blast podcast is a huge Strikers fan, mm-hmm. and I know he has a Switch. And I saw that trailer, I instantly text, I instantly DM'd him like, "Dude, right, that will be fun." Uh, I think enough of the news. We're getting close to our end time, so let's uh, let's yeah. talk about the biggest game uh, that has been played in the past six months. Ben, how many hours have you put in to Elden Ring? One hundred and fifty-five. I'm at two hundred. Hours. 36, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> so, uh, baby. Game, of, game of the generation, Elden Ring. Um, notably, talk- notably, I have to say for me, 36 hours is more than I usually like to put into a video game in general. That's- I'm much more a person who tends to play the smaller games, yeah. indie games. Uh, uh, things that are 12 hours or less generally uh, are things that I dive into. So the fact that I put in that much already is defining of how good Elden Ring is. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I would... Elden Ring... I mean, I've said it before. I'll definitely say it again. As of this moment in time, Elden Ring is my game of the year. And this game came out at the end of February of all things. Oh, yeah. So this game continues to baffle me of how gorgeous it is. It continues to just... I get home. There are times I get home from work and I just cannot wait to play. Um, I am. I, I mean, it is a Souls game, so it, it there. The difficulty is there, but how I'm. But how Elden Ring was able to take that difficulty, but also make it so like, hey, if you don't like, because I am the guy type of player who likes to rush in and bash things with my sword. But if you don't like that, magic is really good in the very beginning of the game. You can be a spellcaster and take your time and and cast spells and you can take out enemies. You, I mean, yes, there's skill still involved with like dodging and rolling and watching your opponents uh, and waiting for the perfect attack window. But this game is just absolutely mind-boggling of how big it is, how expansive the lore is, 
on how you constantly get the feels when you complete a side quest and then you're just met with tragedy. You're like, God damn it, why does this main game make me sad? All, why all games, all the Souls games are sad. <laughs> why can't you make, why can't you do something happy? And it's like, ugh. It's dark fan- that's dark fantasy for you. That's, that's bizarre yeah, inspiration for you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, um, after playing so much of it, completing it, playing it with, with several friends, uh, this is the best Dungeons & Dragons game ever made. Because you can truly be whatever role you want. You want to be you want to be a straight warrior, kind of like my friend Benji here. You want to be like a mix of like a, um, like a battle mage, which is kind of like what I am. You can be a full mage, you can be an archer. There is stealth in the game. I don't fucks with the stealth. But you can be a, a stealth assassin. There's stuff to make you invisible. Like any type of character you want to be, the game gives you the opportunity in in ways more than even the other Souls games. Because the other Souls games have had magic too, but the magic isn't as good or it takes a long time to get into a point where the magic is useful. Whereas at level one, I started my Iceman character because he, he throws like ice shards and shit. From level one, I'm powerful. Um, if anything, I'm even more powerful at level one than, than sword people are because I'm killing people in like one hit with this magic shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just the breadth of stuff you can do, it's it's... It's insane. It's truly I've, insane. I've debated switching, like just starting again with magic you, base. It's I've debated it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll you could you can respect too, which I think that being able to if being able to redo your character into a different build, and thankfully there are so many guides online to help you out because obviously, Eldering is such a huge game. It is so expansive that it is kind of overwhelming at first if you're not used to that t- those type of video games like. When I first stepped out into the lands between seeing how big Limgrave was, I'm like, damn, this is a huge game. Imagine my awe, my shock and awe when I finally completed the entire map. And I'm like, there's still so much I haven't been to yet. There is still so much in this game that's there. And it is these these places are huge. Yeah. And <laughs> even the legacy dungeons, it's like you have I love how there's like open world. It's it's like open world. You could still go. You can skip the legacy dungeon. You can go from Limgrave to the Urnia. You just have to find a secret way around the castle. Mm-hmm. But then there's still like so much you can explore and do and see. There's like it's absolutely insane. As as the like as the the open world guy here, or like that is that is the genre of game I play most. I love I love being able to enter a world and being able to live there for hundred hours because that that's a lot of value, right? It's, as, as games are seventy dollars at this point. Like I. Uh, if you're going to charge that much money, I don't want to be in that world for two hours only, right? Like, I I need more bang for my buck. Um, and most open world games are open for the sake of being open. Mm-hmm. Even my favorite yeah. ones um, that are just like, they make it big to like, to, to especially the newest Assassin's Creed games. I love those games, but those games do not need to be 200 hours because right. the content is not worth it. Elden Ring, every single side quest feels important. Every new location is impeccably designed. No two areas are the same. And if they are the same, they're there for lore reasons. And even then, there's still uh, environmental storytelling happening everywhere. You find dead bodies everywhere that have, like, souls. Uh, and you pick them up to, like, level up. Those are other adventurers who died on the same quest you're on. Right. So you're seeing so much story in a game that doesn't really have a story. It's, 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 it's such a... It is such a perfect meld of, of, of FromSoft, the creators, of everything they've been building up to. And this is like, this is the perfect, like... Like a big tree. Like a big tree, exactly. The Elden Tree, perfect. Uh, it is like the culmination of like 15 years of them making games like this into the perfect video game. I uh, I think like that's one of the things I've truly valued in it is that like, 
I when I'm doing things that would be considered like side quests in other games, like I just feel like I'm f- uncovering more a different story, a different aspect of what's going on in the world rather than like I created this thing where you must go grab four of these and the purpose is it will make me happy and I'll give you a shiny coin and yeah, that's yeah. that's like that's like it in any other game but here it's like oh I've learned a thing I've encountered a thing I wouldn't have seen if I didn't go over here understood enjoy it cool um and it's it's all uh it's all allowing you to write the story yourself as you go and I just don't feel like most open world games allow that kind of versatility mm-hmm. yeah i mean the side quests in elden ring they're they're not marked out like in other games like say final fantasy 7r or even the witcher where that's plainly or even in a near automata it's like it plainly says this is a side quest this is side stuff you don't have to do this which i which i feel that you have to seek the side quest but i mean that's been in dark souls for a long time but then it's like hey i forgot about this guy i'm gonna go check up on him and it's like because there's a side quest I was trying to do for this. After you beat Storm uh, Stormvale and you go into Le- the lakes of Lyurnia for the first time, there's this cat. There's this little church on the side, and there's this magician who was cast out of the Magic Academy of Rite of Lucaria, and he begs you to find a spare key to let him in. I was, tr- I mean, I will not lie. I did look up on where exactly to find the key because I thought I'd scare it all throughout Rite of Lucaria, couldn't find the damn thing, and then I realized, oh, I have to jump off here and go on the rooftops to get to where I need to go. There's a lot of that in, in the Souls games about secret areas that or like these ledges or you can just jump along rooftops and find secret stuff. And voila, you may even find an item that you didn't realize you needed to find out of sheer accident. So yeah. I go back, I go back, I go back and I give him the thing. But then once we got to the end of the story, it just hurt my soul because like, oh, no, I ruined this man's life. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, the, the Souls franchise and again, dark fantasy in general is like it's more tragedy than happiness. Uh, but the thing that I love about the side quests are you don't know what side quest is actually important to the main story or not, because you'll be doing a side quest and you realize, oh, this side quest is leading me to a secret ending. And there are like six endings in this game. And you mm-hmm. don't know whatever side quest you're working up towards until you get to a point where like, oh, this feels important now. Uh, like yeah. you're doing, you like you do. You're doing the Ronnie quest line, which I did. Like she, Queen Ronnie, she's the queen of this game. She's the best. Um, and there's like five other choices that don't have to be Ronnie, and you can choose it, or you can ignore all of it. You don't have to talk to a single person if you don't want to. It'll make the game a less less fun experience. But like again, you can. The choice is just there to do whatever you want, however you want to do it. Yeah, it is. I would definitely say this is a game where. I mean, you can go in blind. There's no, you can go in blind. It, it gives you a great experience, but there's still so much in this game because there are definitely things I completely forgot about while I'm playing this game because I've been doing so many different things for so long that I do have to look up a guide. I have to look up a where to find a certain thing. And then I just, and then I was like, okay, cool. It's here. But then I go and go get it. It's still, uh, it's still fun to explore. Like, yeah, like I've definitely looked up like, because uh, after I beat the game, I was like, okay, there's some spells that I know I don't have that I've seen other people use. So, like, where do I find those? And even the journey of still going there yourself, like, it'll tell you, oh, it's on this ledge. You still have to get to the ledge, and that is still an entire experience to get there. Right. Yeah. Um, and, again, you can – there's so many different avenues of coming left, right, up, down, below, above. Uh, it's just it's, – it's magical. It feels magical playing that game. I, I would still say the multi – I mean – People give crap for the multiplayer about Elden Ring, and I understand there's a bunch of hoops you have to jump to to do the multiplayer in Elden Ring. But at the same time, I mean, 
I played Souls, but I played uh, Dark Souls three and Bloodborne, so I've been used to the style when it comes to the Soulsborne games. But one thing I must say I really enjoy is that you're in a region or an area of the game. You can just set a you can just like put out a thing. It's like I will help whoever needs it. I will help people whoever need it. And you go to these little summoning statues. You touch them, and if you're furled, and you can bring gamers in players into your game, they will help you through the dungeons. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an amazing thing because I had I was in the capital city of Lendell. And I could not figure out how to get past these doors that will not open. I thought I went all over the, the entire bloody place to know like how to get into the doors, how to like, I went, I thought I, I pretty much discovered the whole city. I even went to the subterranean shunning grounds. And I found all that stuff there and I killed the dung eater, which was very, very satisfying. The dung eater. And I still didn't know how to progress the game. I brought in this guy who was just helping me go around and go through the, go through the city I'm supposed to climb the wing of a dead dragon, and then there's a parapet that's right there. I could go up the parapet and boom! Guess what? Rest of the land is open. Oh my god, there's all these things. <laughs> I fight the ghost of the first Elden Lord. It's like, holy shit, I didn't realize this was here. See, I saw that big dragon and I immediately went, I'm gonna climb that. Immediately, because <laughs> I know what kind of game this is. And I'm like, I bet you there's a cool item up there, and there is. <laughs> Oh, man, Elden Ring is just so, it's just so expansive. There's just so much detail and also just how gorgeous the game is. Ryan, you and I were playing. Um, we were fighting the Lord of Blood last uh, last weekend. And there was a part where I just looked up into like, this underground space of the lands between. And it's just like you're staring off into the stars and there's this gorgeous looking galaxy there. And it's like, God, I'm looking at this and I'm like, God damn, this game is pretty. This game yeah. was so pretty, and I'm, and people are saying like, oh, and there have been people who've given crap to Elden Ring's graphics. There are times where even I'm playing on my PS5, the the textures kind of take a little bit to load sometimes. Yeah. But at the same time, dude, this game is pretty. Yeah, they, this game is very pretty. It, it is not. It is not. Uh, you know, as graphic intensive as a God of War or Last of Us. It's also doing one hundred thousand percent more. It would be impossible for a game to look that good with this scale. Also, the yeah. the, the the design aesthetics are top notch. Like, I don't need this game to look as good as The Last of Us when there are fifty different types of dragons, a hundred different types of monsters, four hundred different pieces of armor uh, that you can mix and match and everything. Like the art aesthetic, kind of like Nintendo. Nintendo's never been about graphics; it's just about like a style. Uh, and this game's got style out the ass. It does. It it tr- it truly does, and just the the level of customization, what you can do with this game, and even when you're like, hey, I've been doing a strength build for a while, maybe I'm gonna try and switch up and do some magic here. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go back to a certain character, redo my thing. Oh, I really like magic, or hey, I'm gonna try and do more of a deck samurai thing. And you can you can do like you said, it is truly the perfect Dungeons and Dragons video game without being a Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah, where you can just you have your set your set stats in the beginning. But you can put them whatever you want in the rest of the game. And it's and it's unlike the other unlike the other Dark Souls has some some stuff like this. But Elden Ring specifically, uh, it allows you to cater to your playstyle whenever you want. Like after you level up enough and after you beat a certain amount, you get the ability to respect and they give you those respect tokens like it's candy. You I have like 10 of those things. Uh, uh, and they're easy to find. You can also buy them at certain places. So like, yeah, they want you to experiment. They want you anytime you get a new weapon. At a certain point in the game, they just let you buy the upgrade material. So you can upgrade a weapon all the way to the highest level if you want, so you can test it out. 
Uh, it takes a lot of grinding to get those souls because it takes souls to level up the weapons and stuff. But it is it is the most like free flowing like do what you want to do, baby. We don't care type of game I've ever played. Mm. Uh, and again, as someone who like loves D and D and stuff like that, like like th I keep coming back to it because like I'm gonna try this weapon. I'm gonna try this set of armor. I'm, I haven't been here. I played this game 200 hours, and when I play with you, I, I'm still finding stuff I haven't found yet, and that's unfathomable. That is unfathomable mm. in a game where I put 200 hours into it. Yeah, I've played. I've def I'm pretty sure I put more hours into this game than I have because the first the, the one game I know I put a lot more I mean playing straight through from beginning to end was Breath of the Wild. I put well over uh, maybe 120 or so hours into that game, mm -hmm. which fantastic game, but Elden Ring is just blowing it out of the water. Yeah, and the Witch, is, The Witcher 3 and Monster Hunter World are the two games that I hit 150 hours in. And now Elden Ring is officially the the single player game I played the most I think in my life. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Ellen Ring. I mean, there's still so much more we can't say. I will say this. Um, keep your eyes out because we're probably going to do a Game of the Year edition about Elden Ring oh, yeah. later this year. Yeah, we're be... Oh, my God. I just had the idea that like we can we can we can like we can do our talk, but we can do it in the world. Like one of us will be we can like play the game and like yeah. we can explore and show what's cool about the game and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the one thing out. about the game, the one thing about the game that I will say is not cool are those goddamn lobsters. Oh, dude, they're snipers. They straight up will, yeah, like, snot, they those, snot sniper you. I know who you're talking those, about. That's crazy. Those sons of bitches. Yeah. I, found some, I found some lobsters in the subterranean shining grounds, and I was immediately afraid. Yeah, why are there like, lobsters oh, on the ground? Oh, oh, and then, of course, I thought I was getting away. I was safe. Nope. Mother effer sniped me from afar, and I almost died. Yeah, Actually, no, I did die. I lost my souls, and I was pissed. There's one spot in Laernia where there's, like, six of them sleeping, and if you wake one of them up, it's like, oh, it's over. <laughs> it's over. I There's think the, uh, the, the trap, uh, which I it sucked because I'd seen you fall into the trap okay. early in your play mm -hmm. where you're pulled in and you got to like you got to get out and to the uh, the grace. Uh -huh. uh, and they were just they were too high level for you. at the time, <laughs> So they were just picking at you. And then I didn't know how you got there. Yeah. So I fell for the same trap. And I, got, and I got pulled down there and they were just sniping at me and i'm like oh i got rolled down i gotta get to the oh grapes. you're talking about he's talking about when uh the the the, the chest trap where you get yes. brought to oh, the yeah. the crystal tunnel in the beginning yep oh and the, at, okay so i remember going through okay <laughs> i saw this great meme about um like when you first get you go because there are trap chests one thing i do like about this game is that a lot of the chests aren't trapped mm -hmm. unlike dark souls 3 which i still have ptsd from because i lot. when i first started playing elden ring every time i saw a treasure chest i whacked it just to make yes. sure it wasn't a mimic yeah as far as i know mimics are not in this game but who knows if dlc comes out and they are which at that case screw you but that you guys told me to go into that trap because i missed it the first time i like dodged it i was like nope not going to that bullshit mm -hmm. and then i did I found out how much that area sucks, especially when you're in the beginning of the game, you're pretty low leveled. I went back when I was level 80 something. Oh, I got my sweet revenge. Oh, yeah. Kill those ugly bug men, the pest, the pest men who shoot their spider webs at you. Yeah. Ew, ew. Like when you're fisting and you're just like trying to run and like, nah, don't kill me, don't kill me, don't kill me, don't kill me. And uh, yeah, that is uh, that is perfect. I love the tutorialization of the game because like you open, you start the game and immediately present you with the Sentinel Knight, the Sentinel Tree Knight who kills you in one hit. OK, not going there. You get transported to the Celia Crystal Tunnels and you immediately die You're like, oh, oh, I can't even leave here. I literally have to run for my life. Um, and it's like this is this is how you run. tell. You have to run for your life and pray that you don't get hit. But yeah, 
yeah. there's still so much. Unfortunately, I'm on a bit of a time limit, so we need so we should probably end yep. things here. There'll be there'll be much more Elden Ring discussion. Oh yeah. But yeah. Listen and to also, any episode of the Fakener podcast in the past as well. We've <laughs> talked about it plenty. Pretty much. But anyways, thank you for joining us and listening to us. I know we didn't talk a whole lot about news. We talked mostly about the games we played. We are going to try and keep a quarterly schedule for these episodes from here on out. These will still be longer episodes. Because um, from here to October, so so yeah. somewhere around the end of September should be the next one. Yeah, it'll somewhere be, it'll cover July, August, September. Cool. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on gaming news, and we will talk about the games we played. Hopefully, I we would have finished with Elden Ring and gone into a new game. Who knows? Maybe not. But until then, Sparks, thank you for coming up with this idea. This was a whole lot of fun. And guys, where can people find you on the internet? Ooh, you can find me at DJ Tony Snark 616 all over the internet. I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm probably going to be streaming some Jane Foster Thor and the Avengers because I'm really hyped about that. Uh, and I'm also on the Fake Nerd Podcast, the Mothership Show of this channel. She's definitely mm-hmm. coming to Fortnite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotta be. Oh, waiting, waiting, yeah, to spend, waiting to spend the V-Bucks on that one. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, you can find me uh, probably playing more Mirrorverse and eagerly anticipating the Final Fantasy VII mobile experience. At Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. You can also find Ryan and I uh, regularly on the Fake Nerd Podcast, our mothership feed, all our shows that are related to there. So you can go check that out, FakeNerdPodcast.com, all those good things. And of course, you can find me on the internet at BenMagnet27 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I swear I'm going to do some new TikToks. I just, I've been busy re- lately, so sure. I'm sorry. And you can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. And fun fact, the issue that's coming out now for Fusion, uh, issue 33, has an article in there that I wrote titled From Software's Magnum Opus. Yeah. Guess which game I'm talking about. Kingsfield. Yes, it's Kingsfield. It's totally Kingsfield. Screw Elden Ring. <laughs> it's it's, it's Elden so yeah, you can you can catch my writings there. You can also find me sometimes streaming on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash benmagnet27. And of course, just like these two beautiful souls below me or next to me or whatever, I don't know what how this is looking on your screen. On mine, they're below me. Uh, you can find us hosting the Fake Nerd Podcast, which goes on live on Sundays. We have a whole bunch of episodes right now. And yeah, that's where you can find me on the internet, fakenerdpodcast.com. That's the hub. That's essentially the Disneyland hub for everything that fake nerds, us fake nerds do. So go ahead and check that out. So until next quarter, hopefully things get better. Can't wait to see what's coming out. But until then, gentlemen, thank you again. And let's unpause.